Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to another edition of the Zool 24 podcast. Uh, and as always, our podcast is sponsored by Antec Airsoft Studios. He's good with guns, bad with table saws. Whether you're trying to just make your gun look nice and pretty or make it shoot to the moon and back, head on over to Antec Airsoft Studios. If you want to reach out to him online, antecairsoftstudios.com. And also the Snack Bar. They serve hot food, cold food, red food, blue food, me food, and you food. And also Zulu Outdoor. It's an outdoor store, but it's indoors. So it's an indoor outdoor store located right here on Zulu 24. If you want to reach out to them, you can give them a call at 845-684-3139. Whether you just need that last minute item or you need to pick up an entire kit, they've got what you need. Head on over to ZuluOutdoor.com. And also Blue Mag Airsoft. You won't be blue when you shoot their BBs. They've got high quality BBs and they're trying to get them manufactured right here in the United States. Uh, for more information on that, head on over to BlueMagAirsoft.com. Also, don't forget, you can listen or watch this podcast on YouTube, iHeartRadio, Apple, Amazon, Podbean, Stitcher, Spotify with video, and Google. Remember, always like and subscribe. It helps us out a lot. Go ahead and push those videos out there. Give it to your grandmother for next birthday. I'm sure she'll love it. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another edition of the Unnamed Podcast, but for right now, we're just calling it the Zulu 24 Podcast. Today, we have with us a special guest from American Milsim. We have Cody Crawford. We'll get to him in a minute, but first, a little Zulu stuff. So as of this recording right now, Crossroads tickets are on sale. They're available over on the website. Just head on over there and pick a team. Also, the Battle of Benghazi down at uh, Panthera Training Center. Um, GRS tickets sold out immediately. That's just the way it is. But Op4 tickets are still available. Uh, hurry up and purchase those tickets soon because the prices go up the closer we get to the Op. And now, I introduce to you the one, the only, the hermit, the man who doesn't like to talk, Cody Crawford from AMS. How you doing, Cody? Good. How are you all? Doing well. How was your trip out here? Uh, not too bad. You know, just... Flight delay and those other nights. Where'd yeah. you uh, where'd you fly out from? Uh, started from Oklahoma City, went to DFW, then from DFW to the LaGuardia. Jeez. Do you live in Oklahoma City? Or is that just the biggest place? I, I live an hour west of Oklahoma City. So I feel like everything out west is an hour from anything. Pretty much. Yeah. yeah like it's just dusty roads and tornadoes. You just got to dodge those, and <laughs> then you're in no, Oklahoma. You chase City. you chase the tornadoes. You chase them. That's yeah. It. You stay behind them. Sometimes there's less traffic though. Yeah. Actually, there's probably no traffic out there. No, not well. <laughs> tornadoes, it actually gets more traffic because everybody wants to chase Just them. Getting the <laughs> because they want to chase them. Mm -hmm. You guys are crazy. Yeah, we're not not real sharp. Clearly. <laughs> <laughs> Good lord. <laughs> so anyway, welcome, welcome to the podcast. Uh, you guys have an event this weekend. Actually, you're hosting it at my field. Shameless plug: Zulu 24 Airsoft Park. Let's talk about that a little bit. Yes. Eastern Front. That's correct. Our third year to, to be here for Eastern Front. That's right. So, um, love your field. Um, always oh, had always had some good games here. So, going to continue that this weekend. So, it looks good. I mean, the first time you came out, um, oh, what did people call it? It's like the downpour. I think both AMSs, it rained a lot. No, no, no. Last year, last year didn't rain that much. But the first year was like torrential downpour. Yeah. Yes. And I saw some of the most miserable people I've ever seen on Sunday morning 
right? This had nothing to do with the game. It had everything to do with people who were like camping out, uh, like in our parking area or whatever. And I was driving back in on Sunday morning and I saw this kid soaked from head to toe, covered in mud from the top of his head all the way down to his boots. It looked like he slipped and fell and then slid down a hill on his back. And he was like trudging towards the port of John's like contemplating life. It was was amazing. Yeah, we we definitely got a lot of rain that one. Sure. But this weekend, uh, looking pretty good, man. It's going to be high 70s, low 80s, man. It's going to be beautiful. Yeah, definitely looks like we're going to have real good weather still. Yeah, man. Beneficial on this one. All right. So uh, I started recently doing this. Uh, I've been using chat G P P T. I always mess that up and say B T. Right. And uh, so I just typed you in and uh, it came up with some questions that we're just going to rapid fire. Are you ready for that? Let it rip. Roger that. And I'm just going to read them as they're written. So they're probably not too bad. Number one. Oh, you might have to edit that out. (laughs) (laughs) I got you. Don't worry. (laughs) Can you tell us about the origins of American Milsim and how the company came to be? Uh, this is a tough one. Well, so look, okay. So you can say your, your introduction to, to AMS and, and how you came to okay, be. Okay, yeah, that, that's a lot easier because yeah, yeah. uh, there's a couple different stories depending on who you, who you talk to. Ooh, um, sounds like money changed hands. Little there, there's been, uh, been some things go down. But, um, <laughs> you know. From my side of it, uh, I actually had a friend introduce me to uh, AMS, asked me to go to a game. Um, My first game was Broken Home 4. Started going to the games, uh, got into leadership, and then found out about the direct action missions. Mm -hmm. Um, And actually, they needed some help on one of them. And I was like, I'm coming to uh, GTI. Now, I got, I'm going to be there early. Yeah. Cheaper flights. So if y'all need a hand, I'm, I'm there, so I'll help out. So whether that was a good idea or a bad idea, <laughs> I became staff and then chief of staff. And then now I'm uh, part owner with Bo. Congratulations, man. It's a it's a long hill to climb, man. It, it's, a, it's a strange one. A lot of my friends are like, man, how'd you do that? And I was like, I don't really know. Apparently they shook hands and you they, know what you're uh, doing. <laughs> They like my work ethic or decided, <laughs> hey, we we might want to keep this guy around. So awesome, man. So so go ahead. Uh I want to know more about how that so you, you were play, you were a player. So you were you were there, you're paying a play and everything, and then uh they had like you said there was like mis- missions basically like like participation uh, missions within the games that you were able to to do as a player, and then you took a leadership role as a player. Like they needed a squad leader for something. And yeah, so actually, my did, yeah my third event that I ever went to, they actually made me a platoon leader. They needed somebody and asked if anybody would want to do it. It's like well, I'll, I'll give it a shot. And then, wait, 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 wait. So how do they so, ask you? So wait, wait. So so the the shy hermit man that lives in the woods by himself and hates talking to people you raised your hand and you're like yeah i want to lead uh 40 to 60 dudes i did <laughs> strangely enough Good for but you, kid. you know <laughs> i don't you don't have to talk too much when you when you lead you just point and say go that's how the sniper so so when he contacted you that you like you guys had exchanged numbers at this point so at this point this was just me being a player and then um our leadership contacts everybody on 
the team level. Right. So email came out and they said, Hey, we need to, for everybody that was a squad leader. So for my team, I was a squad leader. Yeah. They, they asked for an actual platoon leader. So I was sure I'll do it. So, so, so you basically just got promoted yeah, like, yeah. In, the, in the airsoft ranks. You started off as a, you're as a an, private. Yeah. <laughs> you're an airsoft lieutenant general. Yeah. yeah. So, so then how, how was your first time as platoon leader? Like how, what, what, what went down that was like, that solidified you as like, like, yeah, we need this guy. We need him. Uh, it's like, it's like an well, anime plot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it's, it's a pretty interesting story actually. Um, been pictures of it. So one of the old, um, owners, JP was on the opposite team. And one of our platoons main mission was to capture and, uh, assassinate yeah. said All person right. and, uh, get fingerprints, get everything. We were behind lines. Yeah. I found him. We actually, our whole squad and half the platoon walked right past him. Oh shit. And I turned and I was like, there's JP found him. So we all start just shooting him. <laughs> and I, I grabbed him and pull him up over a ravine, fingerprint card him. And then we start getting overrun like yeah. crazy. So I just booked it back to command <laughs> and, and, and to the fob and you so, brought your guys with you or did no, you know did no. you lose some good men no. I, I lost all but one he was so, a lone survivor I had one other guy but uh i i had my running shoes on apparently that day and made it handed the card in and i was like i'm gonna need a break yeah holy shit so yeah after that it was if you want to get stuff done send cody and his group so. <laughs> only cody makes it back every time but they get it done. yeah <laughs> yeah somehow yeah. <laughs> This man loses every man underneath him. Give him a platoon. Yeah, well, you know. <laughs> no questions. They're, good, they're a good shield, and they'll, they'll let me go do my thing. You're like, so. you're like the black water. He's like, <laughs> mission over everything. Yeah. Yes. P PMC Cody. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's awesome, dude. That's it, It's kind of funny, the story, because that's kind of the way that I became a part of Zulu. Same thing, right? Um, I was a player. This new field was opening up, Zulu 24. So I went down the road and, and played there. Uh, because I did that, I got banned from the field I used to play at. It was like a weird, dramatic thing. But anyway, so I played over there. And then my buddy got out of the Marine Corps. We started like this. We tried to start this little training company. Um, and we approached Zulu to be like, hey, can we do stuff here? And then some some things had happened with my business partner that were he was just lazy as fuck. Um so I, I approached Mario and I was like, hey, man, I invested a bunch of money here. Like, you know, can I get in? And uh, he was like, yep. And then and then it's, that's the that's that's how I got into Zulu. So it's kind of very similar to the way uh, that you got into AMS, man. That's awesome. Climbed the ranks, my friend. We have staff, too. Like most of our staff, they come as players and then they, they just play well. And they're like, you know, they're picking up what decent human beings. Yeah. yeah, they're decent. They pick up what everybody's putting down. It's just like, welcome. Yeah, Welcome. that's where we. I snipe all my staff from the player base because I need somebody who like knows what airsoft's all about. All right, so question number two: What motivated you to create a company focused on military simulations events? What drew you to the Milsim community? So I guess as a player, what drew you to the Milsim community? Uh, really, just uh, I've always been a gun guy. Um, yeah. I I build guns. Right now, I do Cerakote work, so Good for nice. you. anything to 
get to use guns and play with guns sure. on the weekend and you don't get to go shoot your buddy in the forehead if you want. Oh, God. I mean, sounds fun, right? <laughs> so uh, you said Oklahoma, yeah. Yeah. So how are the uh, how's how's the freedom level in Oklahoma? I mean, we can kind of do what we want. So yeah. so I've heard, yeah. You, you can go into the store, get a handgun, carry it right then and there. These are legends. I, I mean, I bought, well, just Saturday, this last Saturday, I walked into one gun store, walked out with five, went to another one, walked out with two. How, See, how versed are you with New York's uh, laws? <laughs> uh, yeah, not. You're going to hear like, oh, like when God. we talk to people from a freedom state about New York's gun laws, <laughs> it's like when Cubans came to America and they're telling us about communism. Yeah, <laughs> right. Oh man. Yeah. That, that is that to us, that's a fairy tale legend that, that never really actually happened. Like that, that place doesn't exist. Yeah. yeah I mean, for not. prime comparison, like I'm, I'm looking at the Oklahoma laws right now. This is borderline. If not, someone can correct me in the comments section of constitutional carry because anyone over the age of 21 can carry a loaded firearm in public openly or concealed without a license. I think we were the third state. Second yeah, third state. So in New York, I'm 12 months in on a pistol permit process just to get one. And that's not even that bad. Mine took three years. Yeah. And I started it just before COVID and then COVID happened. Uh, so I started July 2019, and then I got mine like January of uh, 2020. And now it's like every six months no, the laws change. January 2022, I got it. Yeah, because the laws when he got it are different than the laws when I started my process over again because they lost my paperwork the first time. And now it's you have to turn over social media accounts, you have to turn over your private stuff, you have to show them this, that, and the other. You know, proof of residency, bills from your address, like just to get a permit. And I just got all of my paperwork done, and they're like, "Cool, we'll let you know in ten to twelve months." And you haven't even purchased the gun yet, right? So, Mm-mm. so then when you purchase the gun, there's a whole another set of rigmarole, right? Like, yeah. like you you go there, you pay for the firearm. Well, you do all your NICS checks and all that stuff. You pay for the firearm. So the the FFL, yes, yeah, the FFL has to keep it there, and then you submit that to the uh, the local sheriff. And they have to amend your license, which yep. can take anywhere between, depending on the town you live in, a um, week could take a month. You well, don't really well, that's know. The, that's the other thing is that it's county-based. So there's like the New York State gun laws, but then the processes are down to the counties. So you go, yeah. like for instance, I live in Ulster County, which is one county north of Orange County. The field is in Orange. I live in Ulster. Just crossing that imaginary line. There's different laws. The rules change instantly. Instantly on how how that process goes, it's absolutely bananas. And then recently, they were just like uh, so. So the county issues you your state license, yep. right? Because that makes sense. And then, and then the state recently was like, "Hey, uh, actually, they didn't really tell anybody, but they're like, hey, every five years you have to renew it. There's no, you don't have to pay anything. Uh, no, you don't have to pay. Anything. You don't have to pay. I anything. just did it for my dad. Yeah, you don't have to pay anything." You just have to go on the website and basically click that you want to renew it. That's it. And the more crazy part with that too is now, so like the, it's always been this way, but the federal government sets the laws, the states can make laws more restrictive. And then that's kind of how it goes. The counties can make it even more restrictive. So like Dave lives in Putnam, I live in Orange, but I took, or not Putnam, I I live in Ulster. Ulster, sorry. (laughs) Um, But I took, you now have to take a 20 hour pistol course if you want to buy a handgun in New York. I think if I, so... The main difference between when I did mine and when Jordan did his was this, this was, I, well, I was, this, this I was leads pre, into what I was going to yeah, say. I was pre Bruin decision in the Supreme court. 
Uh, so, so New York State Pistol Rifle Association versus Bruin uh, was basically a lawsuit uh, about this guy carrying outside of his home, and he was denied a permit because they wanted a reasonable. Re, the county demanded that he has a a like just cause for carrying. So New York they, is they not a it. is not a shall issue. Yeah. Uh, it is now actually. It is. It's a shall issue state now, but before yeah. it was a may issue. So, so you have to provide them a good enough reason to yeah. warrant you yeah. owning a firearm. So what it came down to before was like you can do all the paperwork, you could be law abiding, you can pass the next check and everything, but the, the state for some reason could still dictate whether or not you can or can't ultimately carry which made it you know may issue and that, that was deemed unconstitutional after that it became a shall issue state yeah. i started when we were a may issue state so i had to uh prove everything yeah and but that's what i was getting at with mine because the whole st the federal government state government but county because i had to take that class and i took it in westchester westchester is even worse than the others sure because like dave said you have to renew your permit every five years Westchester mandates it that it's every three years, but also to get your permit, you have to schedule an appointment with the Westchester sheriff for them to come inspect your house because they, as a county, require you have a safe and the sheriff wants to see the safe. And that's just a Westchester county thing. So yeah. I'm assuming y'all don't get SBRs or tax stamps are illegal in the state what? of New York. I don't even know what with. that is. I've heard I've heard stories about this SBR. And yeah, you're not legally suppressors? allowed to have short barrel rifles or suppressors in New York. It's statewide it's illegal to have a tax stamp yeah super fun but if you move to pennsylvania legal yeah, yeah. Huh. imaginary one one imaginary line over and then mm. once you get your gun now that gun has to be compliant with the safe act yeah. so you yeah. can't have yeah. scary features on it yeah what's a scary feature anthony, anthony? okay so with with rifles Seven. with rifles any semi-automatic rifle uh, with a detachable magazine cannot have one or more of these scary features uh, a pistol grip. Well, it can have like, one. No, it can't have. It can't well, the have. detachable magazine is the one. Yeah, yeah that's right. Right. So if it has a detachable magazine, you can't have any of these. These are uh, like a threaded muzzle that can accept a device and pretty much any muzzle device aside from, I think, a muzzle brake. So you, you, uh, you can't, can't have, have a fore grip. You can't have a pistol grip. You can't have a telescoping or folding stock. Yeah, you can't right. have a bayonet lug. Or bayonet a bayonet lug. A bayonet and lug. You can't have a grenade launcher. That's outrageous because you outrageous. because of all the bayonettings that have happened in new yeah. york but and if you have a fixed mag or i mean like you can't detach your mag yeah. without uh breaking the action of the firearm you can have one of the other features instead you, no you can have all of the features yeah, you if can. you have a fixed you mag all. it's weird so if you got a lever gun you can you can trick that pony out man so I, people did yeah. others and then they had a pistol brace because they're like well they said semi-automatic rifle yeah. well the definition of a rifle is that it is meant to be shouldered and fired with two hands but yeah. if you put a pistol brace on it, yeah. no, that's not meant to be shouldered. And the thing with the others were it was too long to be a pistol and too short to be a rifle. So it was considered an other firearm, which yeah. in the New York State Safe Act was not regulated. So you can have all of the features without any problems until the New York State Supreme Court came down and was like, absolutely fucking not. You're not doing this anymore. And even to plus that up now with your pistol permit license, you have to check the box that says you want this also to be a semi-automatic rifle license because now you need a license in New York for any semi-automatic yes. rifle. If you bought a AR or AK variant prior to this, you got change, grandfathered in. Yeah. If I were to go and buy an AR now, I would basically just have to put it on. I would have to register it under my pistol permit. So yeah. I, I have one gun registered and that's my handgun and I'm, I don't want to register and then after all of this, I don't like registries. You can still only have ten round mags. You can yeah. still only have ten round mags. Yeah. I think you're gonna have one on the pipe, though. No, you can't. I, or, looked I thought it was seven. 
So it's for handguns, it's 10, but literally the instructor said they were like, don't do any of this bullshit 10 plus one in the chamber. They're like, if you get caught with that, you're still going to jail. I was told otherwise. I think that depends on the cop. But anyway, so yeah. after, after all of that process, cause I have a full carry, right? Uh, oh yeah. I still can't, I can't carry at schools. I can't carry at the post office, obviously any government building, the bank, any place that serves alcohol. Even is, if you're not drinking. Even if you're not drinking. So like if you go to a coffee shop that happens to have beer or wine as well, or like, you know, some coffee shops around here do that, Yeah, can't take your gun. Yep. The more ridiculous part is on that list, which it apparently recently got struck down, I still got to look into the paperwork on that, uh, you also are not allowed to carry in any public park. Sweet. So, so I can carry from my door to my car. And at your business. <laughs> and maybe the grocery store. But you're not allowed to go on a hike and carry your gun. But I will say from what the instructor told me when I took my class, because I asked that question, I'm like, hey, my girlfriend and I go on hikes all the time. Like, I can't carry my concealed carry in a state park, but like bears or people trying to stab me, like it could happen. And she was just like, if you're going to bring your girl, bring your gun. That simple as that. You'd rather be judged by 12. Yeah, can you say sex. that into this microphone? Yeah. Can you please? say that into this yeah. mic, please? <laughs> we got off on a tangent. I'm sorry. Uh, so, so you're from a freedom that's state. That's a heavily we, debated topic in our. We group. get excited. We get excited when we hear these fantastical stories about freedom states. So it it sparks up a bunch of guns emotion. got you into Milson. So guns got you. Did into you Milsim. serve at all? I did not. You did not. You strike me as somebody who would. Have Being a gun guy, though, Cody, I have a question for you. For rifles, what's your favorite kind of caliber? Ooh, six point eight. That well, that's very close. It really depends on what for. Okay, are you a bolt gun guy? Uh, yeah, I've got bolt guns. I've got lever gun. I mean, I got gun guns. Well, out of your bolt guns, what's your favorite caliber? Three hundred Remington Ultra Mag. That is a that dope was, round. That was really quick and really specific, and I have no fucking idea what. That is. If you if you wanted to win a world war, what caliber? God's caliber. There's only one. A world war? Yeah. Statistically speaking. He's if you making wanted, a joke about 45. Statistically speaking, if you wanted a high chance of, you know, winning a, another world war. 30-06 probably won that. 12.7 <laughs> yeah. millimeter. Oh, oh, 50 cal. Yeah, that works. <laughs> I know that one. <laughs> so in Oklahoma, do you guys have like actual like good long distance ranges where you can go out and practice, say, shooting out to 1,000? Are your well, targets an hour away? Or are you? I know uh, what he's going to say, and it's going to be hilarious. Go ahead. Private property. Yeah. So... I live out in the middle of nowhere. Sure. So I have a pistol, a carbine, a rifle, and a long rifle range. I've got a target at 1,400 yards. Good for you. I envy um, you. So it's not an hour away unless you want to walk to that 1,400-yard target. Sure. You go yeah. off the bluff into the river. and you know. <laughs> so it's a long ways. But um, no, it's at my house, so I can walk out the back door. <sighs> That's awesome. So I used to do home inspections uh, another lifetime ago, and I we were inspecting this... Uh, it's kind of like a ski chalet, multi-million dollar property. The driveway was like a mile long and it weaved up, you know, there was like a bear holding a sign halfway up that said, you know, you're halfway there or whatever. Super nice house, right? It's almost like Walt Disney built a ski chalet like type house. Anyway, master bedroom, right? Master bedroom, all the bedrooms had a balcony. Master bedroom had a larger balcony. Uh, and I looked on the ground and there were shotgun casings all over the ground. And then I looked out and there's like a pond and a lake. And then I looked over and there's a control panel. That's like, oh yeah, on. And I asked the real estate agent, I was like, what is this? And they're like, oh, that's uh, his private skeet shooting. This guy, whoever he was, would would get out of bed. He was probably he was probably ass naked because if I <laughs> if I had that house, I'd be ass naked <laughs> fucking constantly, right? 
probably went outside, grabbed his shotgun from wherever he kept it, walked outside on his balcony, just naked as a jaybird, <laughs> and then pressed a button and went, pull. It was voice activated. Pull. And somewhere out there, a fucking... Uh, a, a clay just a clay launched. A clay would just mm. launch. And this dude would just be shooting off his fucking... That's kind of what you have. I except mean, it's a 1,400-year... Yeah. Sorry about that, ladies and gentlemen. We had a little brownout. I guess uh, New York State heard we were talking about freedoms, and they were just like, no, we can't let the word of freedom get out, so they cut our feed. Speaking of freedom and tyranny, (laughs) is Lucas Bakken nice in person? Ooh, good question. Oh. Uh, You're on the spot, baby. I I use a sidecar. I like T-Rex arms. There are are 400 people watching this right now, probably. I I will have to say... um, from my experience, he came up, talked to me. We talked about um, doing a collab together because he found out kind of what I do too. Yeah. And he was like, he was cool and very nice, very polite, very personable the entire single time Like I talked to him. Actually, it brings up another good question. You guys have had like a lot of, I, I hesitate to use the word celebrities, but like YouTube gun guys. Travis Haley. Haley's been to a couple of our events. So Ryan from Fatco, uh, I did a live stream with him and he was talking to me about that. How like he, I think he like, I I think there was like a raffle or something and he built a gun and like, I guess Travis Haley was like, let's give it away. And then they like signed it and guys. Yeah, they've done a whole crazy uh, paint job and he signed it and done a whole bunch of cool stuff like that. So yeah. And, and Haley's, uh, Haley's really awesome because he even talks about how, Milsim and Airsoft is better for the training stuff sure. than you sitting there shooting a still target. Sure. And actually that was a, so that, that tiny little business that I started up uh, right when I got out of the Marine Corps was training, utilizing Airsoft and it was just not the right time. And also I'm a nobody, you know what I mean? It's going to take somebody like Travis Haley, Grantham, you know, all those guys to really chip in and, and, uh, and make it real. But I, I saw the training value in it too back then. I was like, man, I was like, yes, it doesn't mark the target or whatever, but it's still weapons manipulation. It's still it's still movement and communication and all that stuff. Yeah. I mean, you can get a lot out of it. And it's not perfect yeah. by any means. I mean, there is no perfect system because you can't replicate a bullet. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right, yeah. It's, um, it's learning like what you should be focused on focusing on when you're doing reps. And as one one guy put it to us, you know, the way that you know we used to learn how to clear rooms was you go in there one guy died yep. and then it was like well we should probably maybe pie the, the corner and then maybe and then he died and they found a better way to do it but with airsoft you can clear a room like a handful of times in one day you know a hundred times in one day yeah. and and you mm-hmm. can get that instant response did you get shot yeah did it hurt yeah you're like and you're gonna almost self-correct to some degree like practice also makes permanent so you don't want to practice bad habits and it's good to know that know what those are but when it comes to isolating certain things, man, you just get the repetition in and it's awesome. Yeah, and that's one of the good things about um, doing events in different areas too because you're not with the same group of guys every time. So you might pick up something new from some other guy sure. or another team that you happen to run with and you're like, oh, that's cool. Yeah. And then I can teach my guys. And then you're also not just gun manipulation, your gear, yeah. your comms and communication with other units or your little squads yeah. and movement while you're actually shooting instead of standing there in your three point stance and, oh, and shooting still. I get, uh, so I used, we used to, I don't want to say I used to know, but 
a friend of mine named Tim, he's a German, he was in the German special forces. Uh, he was on loan to West Point, uh, as an instructor over there. And so we, we became friends. He actually came out to the airsoft shop and he was like, Oh my God, what is this? This is cool. And then he just went like deep down the training rabbit hole with, with airsoft. It's pretty cool. But a perk of that was that he would do classes at the West Point shooting range. Uh, the West Point shooting range is freaking phenomenal. It's indoor. Um, what is it? 50 yards? Mm, no, I think it was 30. Whatever. So he would like, he would like, he would get the indoor range and then he would do like little training stuff where you could actually like go in front of the line and move. And we actually like set up a mock, uh, like room clearing and stuff. It was so cool. Doing glass houses with real guns is yeah, wild. It was, it was a lot of fun, man. I, so, but I feel like a lot of ranges are just because of safety and whatnot. Yeah. And also you never know who the guy's going to be. It's not going to be, you know, a German special forces guy it could just be, you know, Elmer Fudd, who's just like, I'm going to try to do this today. And then, you know, shoots himself in the leg or whatever. <laughs> uh, I, I think more ranges need to not loosen up. It's not the right word, right? Like, like they need to come up with a protocol where you can actually move while you're shooting. And you know what I mean? Yes. Um, there are some places around here that do that. Um, cause like prime example, uh, I know we don't, you know, give free advertisement, but blue line, the range I go to in Westchester Yeah. on Tuesdays and Thursday nights. Uh, I don't know if it's every Tuesday and every Thursday night, but it's, they do it monthly. They do pistol or rifle, uh, competition. So it's not three gun, yeah. but it's also a little competitive where they go in front of the line. They use Vickers barricades and they do moving and shooting with a pistol or a rifle or both depending on the night. And it's just buy in like uh potluck. So not potluck, uh, forgot the term, but you just show up. It's five bucks around. Yeah. And you can do that, but they also have their RSOs moving with you the whole sure. time and you have to show competency before you do it. Yeah. But there are places around here that do stuff like that. Yeah. We were actually thinking about, well, still thinking about Anthony wanted to like build a, build a range at Zulu. I'm going to build yeah. the berm. I, I had to reorganize my shop cause I got an intern. I got to give him a bench. Right. And then I got hospitalized and you know, I got a little slowed down. We'll slow it down, but it's going to happen. It's been like a year. I'm waiting for yeah. it to get dry because I don't want to get any vehicle I borrow stuck on the bottom of the hill. So they, they came to me with this idea. We have a bunch of old tires that are left from like the paintball. We have about like 600 there. tires. Yeah, it's a lot. Of yeah. varying size. So huge ones. So they were like, we want to build a range. I was like, dude, use the tires. Use the tires, fill the tires with dirt, make it like four four tires deep, dude. Make a little horseshoe range. It'd be great. And I'm... I'm encouraging them to do this because I want to shoot there. Right. Yeah. I want, you know, we shoot. Well, actually we can't even shoot in the spot where we usually shoot anymore because we put a building there. But, um, but I keep hearing about it and I keep, I keep reminding them about it like right now because I want it to get done. Yeah. Well, them is just me. So when it does start, it's going to take a long time. That was the other caveat. When Anthony (laughs) said that, that was the other caveat. I was like, a, I'm not going to help you. He said, if I get the tires to this, to the location, then, then he'll, then I'll, then I'll rent a machine. And, and we can fill and all, and all the other guys yeah. that are like, yeah, I'm down, I'm down, I'm down. I know that the moment it's like, all right, today, this time, they're like, well, you know, whatever. Yeah, I told but, them straight but then, up. But then when the range is done, they're going to be like, oh, yeah, oh, they're, they're going to use it. They're, they're going to shoot every week. Yeah. I told Anthony straight up, I was like, you're going to do this by yourself. <laughs> Everybody's going to be like, yeah, I'll pitch in. You're going to be out there by yourself. Oh, yeah. dude. Guaranteed. It's just the way it is. It'll be yeah. awesome to, would we be allowed to use that to make like content too? Like airsoft related content that might incorporate real steel? Um, I don't know if it's a good business decision to mix yeah. the both, mix yeah. both of them together. Right. Yeah. That's a touchy little subject. Yeah. I mean, because if you're Travis Haley, sure. Yeah. I'm not going to be like, Hey, I'm going to teach you how to reload. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> but, uh, I, I did make a video, uh, about 
airsoft guns for training, but it was because I'm a tech. So my whole perspective was what platforms are good at replicating what aspects of firearms, you know? So I went over just basic AEGs. What do they fulfill? You know, like, okay, kit shakedown. You can do all that with the basic AEG. Some other guns have like realistic trigger brakes. Other ones have recoil, bolt stop features. So they allow you to work some, you know, isolate some aspects of oh, your yeah. muscle memory. I, I ran gas blowback. Yeah. With 30 cap mag. We, and yeah. we, we talked about oh, that all the time. Yeah. Just Love because... This of I didn't want to retrain myself yeah. on how to go actually shoot because of airsoft. You know, you get a lot of people that are like, that's not smart. I'm like, well, for a long, drawn out airsoft game, it's kind of rough. I, I, I will definitely say that. But yeah. at the same time, I, I don't want to get rid of my other talent. Sure. Because of that. So, um, and that, that's one thing that I, I think the, the gas blowback or the recoil shock stuff with the real, real cap mags yeah. are really beneficial. And that's, that's more where I would say doing a more simulation style sure. videos and stuff where you can kind of almost overlap would be with that. Yeah. I mean, I'm not a shooting instructor at all but you know i understand how firearms function mechanically and how airsoft guns function and we can you know it doesn't take a genius to put two and two together to be like look like airsoft is great because it's cheap and you can check your kit out so when you do spend that 200 dollars or whatever to do that real steel course you don't discover then that like you were you're fucking around with your sling wrong or your pouches suck have you ever seen the video of the kid from japan yes, yes. Yeah. like that tells you right there. Yeah. He's he's never been able to touch a real gun sure. in his life. He's only had an airsoft gun. Gas he was gun. out shooting everybody. Yeah. Well, but he, he was fast and he yeah. was proficient. I don't know, because, only because I don't remember. I don't know what his impacts were like, right? So they his... his I remember. So it, it, initially they were like, eh. But yeah. then Lucas was just like, all right, adjust here. You know, hold, hold it like this. He, yeah. he just like... Fun, basic fundamentals, trigger pull, breath, all sure. that. Sure, and that's something and then, you... And then I think they also spent like two days doing that, which is like in the beginning, yes, he was like, eh, like the impacts are kind of kind of wide. By the end of those, you know, day or two of shooting, he was getting a lot better. Also, it. I mean, you've shot pistol, I've shot pistol, I'm sure you've shot pistol, and I'm positive you've shot pistols. Like... <laughs> Sometimes just hitting paper while moving that fast, and I'm, and I'm talking about this kid from Japan, right? While moving that fast is freaking hard, man. Pistols are hard to shoot. And so the fact that he's, I mean, yeah, there were like seven yards yeah. or whatever. I mean, you can basically just point and shoot, but but still. Having the ability to do that is impressive to begin with because pistols are right. not the easiest thing in the world to shoot. Yeah, They're really hard to shoot. Yeah. I mean, they're like... I don't use an RMR or anything. I just have iron sights. And, and it's like, I got to I gotta take a minute. To Arguably, <laughs> sometimes using a red dot on a handgun is even harder, depending on the optic, because now you're looking for the dot. Like, you get so comfortable with the muscle memory of finding the, you know, the front and the rear sight, that now finding the dot changes the entire game. That's true. Yeah, with Sean's gun, it was the same thing. I'm, I'm always like, where the fuck is the dot? Yeah. yeah. But, but you're a gas gun guy. Do you still use gas guns? Uh... Yes and no. What brand did you like the most? Oh, that's that's a tough one. So you better my, answer it right. My first one was uh, a Wee Scar. 
okay. I'm, I'm assuming you've learned and made better oh, life choices. Thanks. Here we go. What's well, the next one? What's the next one? My, my latest one is the MP7. KWA? Mm -hmm. Okay. No, the Elite Force. Oh, the VFC one? Yes. Is that gas? This yeah, one? so they have a VFC gas MP7. That, that's oh, that's the one that... Nope, I have. I just got it, oh, the got Tokyo it. Marui gas blowback MP7. That when we go to the shop it. later, I'll show it to you. Yeah. I'm a huge MP7 fanboy. But I myself am also a big gas gun nerd. Mm -hmm. I have a bunch of GHK guns. <laughs> yeah, Dave tells me they shoot like shit, and that might be true, but I have yeah. a lot of fun with them. The, the other problem is now is... You mentioned him earlier, Ryan, with Fat Co Customs. Yeah. He has spoiled me rotten. With yeah. AEGs? Yeah. Did he get you into recoil shocks? No, I still still don't have one of those yet. Okay. Um working on it, but I don't I don't get to play hardly ever anymore, yeah. if any. Um but uh his just regular guns, the way they shoot and their trigger response is ridiculous. Yeah. So it's um, I always I, I loved gas guns. I had uh briefly like a you had an LM4. LM4 and and they're cool. And it's like, man, like when you in CQB, when you get that kill with a gas gun, you're it's so satisfying because uh -huh. you know that you like an AEG can outperform to any gas gun, in my opinion. Like I've never shot a gas gun that was worth a damn, except for that um Tokyo Marui MP7, which I just shot yesterday. Day, right. Um but man, would it be cool. So we did this twice, actually, on Memorial Day. And, oh, gas gun day. And late, we did a gas gun day. It was so cool because everybody had the same handicap. Right. So yeah. firefights were lasting a good while because, A, it was pouring down rain. B, uh, it was 40 players, gas guns only. Gas and it was a bunch only. of us running around with like GHK so M4s cool. and AKs, a couple LM4s, and a lot of people just using pistols. Yeah. Oh, yeah you but hear me. Get 200 here, round mag dumps just. Right? Yeah. 30 seconds. But hear me out, dude. I'm living in a fantasy dreamlike -like world, right? Uh, 200 players, uh, a weekend event, an op, where it's gas guns, real caps. That might actually make Yo. that WE gas blowback 249 worth a damn. Yo. <laughs> have you Yo. seen those? They have a gas blowback 249 and PKM now. Really? Yeah, it only holds like 250 rounds, though. I saw it and was like, well, this is useless. And you have to use 60-gram CO2 cartridges in the box mag. Ooh. Cool, but the box mag is still the same size as the big green 249 box mag, and it only holds like 250 that, rounds. Yeah, but, yeah, but yeah. 200 is a belt for us. It is, so it makes no sense. Way. But then when you have guns like our saws and my PKM well, sure. and stuff like that that hold four or 5,000 rounds in a box <laughs> mag— useless there's no point yeah. to spending 700 dollars on this gun but if you got a community where we're gonna do 100 v 100 force on force Yo. gas guns only that'd be dope i can see gas shotguns like the aps Raining ones Supreme. yeah you know those 870s that were like you actually have to load each shell with gas and when you eject it it's like it's yeah You're just I constantly running like around so i used to have the Marushan shell ejecting gas shotgun Shoots like dog shit cool as shit it was like very very similar to my real pump action shotgun to the T, but it was one of those shotguns you could put one or 10 BBs in the shell and it shell ejected every time. If you put one in, you get about 100 feet of range. Yeah. You put 10 in, you're not hitting anything more than five feet away from you. Yeah, but you could breach a door. Oh, cool on yeah, YouTube. but it was also a full size <laughs> shotgun. It was like a Hell 17 yeah. inch barrel. <laughs> Dude, I mean, imagine like, uh, 200 gas guns going off at guardian man oh that'd be so cool uh, dude and the ranges are pretty close there so it wouldn't 
it wouldn't really matter that somebody's gonna like light a lighter and then yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah you have so many guns going off in one building that somebody accidentally sparks it and it combusts so much map gas in the air (laughs) hey have you uh have you messed around with the gbls at all i have not okay so we will this weekend are you sure there's one there with it i am okay yeah that is a cool gun man it so for everybody listening, it's an AEG that functions and performs exactly like a gas, a gas blowback. It's got it's got a reciprocating bolt, it's got bolt lock, everything. Uh, but it's a little bit more consistent than the gas gun. And uh, the only deal though is like when you shoot it, you sound like it's breaking. It yeah, it sounds like it's breaking itself apart because like it doesn't make a clunk or a chunk. It's like a weird chirp with all of that in one yeah it's weird I, one of our friends has one i'll make sure it's there this weekend so you could take a look at it yes so super cool one of one of the guys uh that does body armor vent um one of our sponsors yeah um he actually has one um and he lives pretty close to me he helps me with all kinds of stuff yeah but he had one and i he's put a ton of rounds through it. yeah man and, it, they, and he liked it but they, they shoot well i've never i've never actually messed with them it's pretty neat. There's a little bit of recoil impulse, yeah. and uh, and the bolt, like I said, is reciprocating. So you get you get bolt lock and everything. It's pretty neat. And I think you can you can real cap the mags. So all of the GBLS mags, like the Stanag ones, are thirty or sixty rounds. They've got a button that you just press to make yeah. it a uh, different capacity. The PTS mags, uh, the PTS EPM mags for GBLS are thirty or one twenty. Yeah. But I got to play two weekends with our friends. One, it was one of the best shooting airsoft guns I've ever used. It's just the fact that there is like a nine pound trigger pull and the fact that um, it does sound like it's killing itself every time you shoot it. And I just couldn't get over the noise, but it's a really cool gun. The price tag's a little bit much, but if you're going to be spending twelve, fourteen hundred dollars on a custom AEG to get one of these brand new, it's about two grand. Yeah. I think it comes with five bags. Depends on where you buy it from. Cause like yeah. right now that, that kit you're talking about on the GBLS website is out of stock, but I know we can get them in the store if somebody wanted to order one through pts and it's like the challenge kit one so it yeah. comes with everything already except assembled one mag except for a rail and a stock you have to get your own rail and stock and you get to pick it you know so that that yeah. way the gun's custom to you awesome. so odd, odd yeah. side note right so when gbls was starting um i can't remember well they were based out of new york city i think they still are yeah oh so uh, when we moved locations, right? When Zulu moved locations, we had our grand opening at our new location. And there was a guy who broke his leg that day. Oh, I was there for that. Uh, turns out that was the owner of GBLS. Interesting. Yep, didn't know about that later. And then he came back. I think we were having just a regular flea market weekend or something like that. And he came out and he's like, hey, can I set up a tent or whatever? And then he was showcasing the GBLS. And he gave me his business card. Best business card I've ever held. It was like thick. You could kill a man with it. <laughs> like the edges were beveled. And it was this like cobalt blue on the edge, but it was like a it was like a bone colored card with it was it was an amazing. Mm. I've never like that card stands out in my mind to this very day. And it was only the other day Anthony had a card for some real estate guy. Do you know the name on it? JB. I, yeah. I remember it was JB. It's right over there. Oh, it's over there. Yeah, uh, and it, it's another nice car, but his his business card was amazing, man. Yeah. So if that that's, guy, he was actually a customer. I fixed his uh, gun on the weekend. I forgot what I did. I think was it a GBLS? No, I, I think <laughs> I wired his gun to Dean's or something. But uh, yeah, nice guy, nice, nice business card. <laughs> <laughs> it was a great business card. All right, shout out to JB. Shout out to JB. Wherever real estate in Connecticut. That's another <laughs> card. All right, question number three. <laughs> oh, it's only not, it's, we're only at number three. 
How would you describe the unique experience and atmosphere that participants can expect at American Milsom events? So what sets Milsom West apart? Milsom, American Milsom apart? Freudian slip. <laughs> He's played a lot of Milsom West. I haven't. I've only played like... You want me to cut that and we can redo it? No. <laughs> okay. No, it's kind of comical, so... Um, no. So the thing that kind of... Everybody has kind of their own style. Sure. Everybody does their own thing. And even though I haven't tried anybody else's games... Yep. Um, and it's not because I just don't choose to sure. i just have never even attempted or knew much about the other groups yeah um obviously just because I, I tried ams first and then you know just, just, yeah. just kind of happened that way um well, i would like to try somebody else's because you know like i said everybody's got a, a different aspect on stuff so american milsim stuff is um we try to do a military style experience yeah while still doing a little bit of airsoft. Sure. So um, we don't we don't go, you know, all day, all night. We also don't do breaks during Saturdays. Um, so we start and try to go all day long. Yeah. And what what we really try to bring out is like um, basically you start with mission plan and then for like what I try to um, design games and stuff with is Fragos. Sure. Anything in the military, you never know what's going to happen, right? Yeah. So you're throwing um, random missions in. If some team's doing really good or finds, you know, certain little props or something, just kind of wing it yeah. and say, hey, we might want to do this. Yeah. And, and that's that's something that I've always kind of enjoyed doing. So that's that's kind of where we, we try to do our mission-based uh ideas on so you guys kind of like uh like whiteboard a mission and then while the players are doing it you're just like oh game plan change now you got to do this with it we're trying not to do a whole bunch of that yeah um, <laughs> usually like because i write all of our op words um and then i have like my game control document yeah that i have little side missions on cool that when when a time comes or a game's going really good and you know the players are really wanting something else fun to do because they've they've done so good and basically done everything way too early. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, all right, side mission time. <laughs> nice. So, um, and you know, for more of the airsoft group um, customers, nobody that hasn't been in the military, yeah, which I haven't either. But from movies and friends and everybody that I've always been around, yeah, they've they've told me stories. Um, Try to think of it as, you know, you go in, you have your mission, you happen to find something that you didn't know what was going to be there. Sure. Creates what, a follow on. What do you got to do? Yeah. You got to call up command. Hey, we just found this. What do we do? Well, then they've got to call, you know, their bosses and HQ be like, hey, what's going on here? Yeah. So then you can kind of create another side mission from that or, you know, you're working on a mission and shit goes sideways. Sure. Then you got to change your mission plan and do everything like that. So that's, that's kind of my mentality yeah. on, on how we do things and, and how I like to structure the American Bill Sim games. And, and do you guys use ATAC to uh, help 
coordinate all that? Uh, I saw on your so, site a little yeah, link to that. Yeah. We recently uh, started using, um, well, I use WinTAC. That's just the Windows version. ATAC yeah. is Android. Um, ITAC is Apple. Um, ITAC sucks. I have Apple. ITAC yeah. sucks. ATAC, oh. <laughs> hey, ATAC is... Can you run ATAC on an iPhone or no? No. no. Oh, there, you have to have ITAC. Oh, there's some type of Apple. way to make ITAC and ATAC work together, but it's not It's viable. It's still... Yeah, yeah it, it doesn't quite work out because yeah. Apple won't let... Of course not. It's a competitor. ATAC? Because ATAC is an actual oh. Android-based yeah. platform. Yeah. So... We just incorporated uh, that this year. Been using it um, at the last three events. Yeah. Um, started at Guardian Center. Um, it's been a pretty big success. I really like it because yeah. it reminds me of Blue Force Tracker, sure. but on steroids. And it's more updated. You can get live drone feeds, and your players can actually pull up their phone if they don't have an iPhone. Well, and they can click on the drone and say, I want the camera to look over to the west. Oh, that's wild. So yeah. they can actually change the camera angles on the drone where it'll actually change and show certain little areas, and you can actually have it hover over you. Yeah. So we're, we're starting to incorporate that pretty heavy. That's awesome. And, yeah. and what other, like, what 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 would you say is, like, the total amount of hardware you're using with ATAC? Obviously, it's not just, like, you guys are using your phones and communicating. You're obviously using a drone with it. Are you guys also using, like, data radios? And stuff because I have some experience with it because uh, I'm an intern at West Point with the robotics research, uh, and we, you know, we do stuff with their fast team, uh, and uh, you know, it, it involves us using like ATAC and some ro uh, robots, obviously, yeah. and uh, all these robots had different payloads on them, data radios, and you know, we were able to use ATAC to see where everybody was and where their uh, like unmanned assets were, and then also go into those unmanned assets, like like control them and see what's going on, and we were able to record all of that too, and and build like an AAR with with all of that. In addition to that, it was used for comms with their radios, mm -hmm. so it was like a whole network. Like, what, what does it look like? So right now we're we're very fresh, um, just really trying to figure out the the player base side of it, yeah, um, and how the players are going to uh, start incorporating this. We've got a pretty good player base right now that's already getting in, but right now we're we're basically just using a drone and then cameras for video feeds in the field. That's awesome. That's cool. Yeah, uh, I went to an event uh at panthera and they were they were utilizing a similar thing it's called dragon force right same 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 but different and you could tell immediately how the flow of the event was much better because you can tell i mean i've produced games you produce games whatever so you know that like your team's commander is talking it, your team staff is talking to the other team's staff because that's how it has to be and you could tell that they were like maneuvering around to create situations for mm -hmm. people. And it was so, it was seamless. So if, if you had never produced a game or, or this was your first game, you would never know. You're like, oh, we're in a good fight right now. Uh, you know, and then they would maneuver you around and you're like, oh, we made it or we, or we didn't, or oh, there's another unit here, whatever. Like it, it was cool because they could pull people in and pull people back uh, just by using this device. And they could like, like draw on there with little arrows and whatnot. Mm -hmm. It was it was really cool and it made the flow of the event so much better because they knew where everybody was at. Now, when you incorporate, you said that, uh, you kind of opened it up to the players as well. 
is it just squad leaders that you you guys are allowing to go on there or is it like every every swinging dick i want everybody you to want have everybody it. i almost um, bought an atac for yeah. uh the one happening in june they have a oh arsenal, arsenal yeah I, I, they have a standalone unit there's it, yes, it's a standalone unit it comes with the juggernaut case and it's basically just an android phone yeah, it's an uh, extra battery bank it, yeah. like it's it's full full thing it's like 200 something dollars right? uh Hmm. Yeah, two something, I believe. I was close to just yeah. like get I was close to getting it. But like, I might actually get one. Yeah, it seemed really neat. Yeah, so yeah. so what I really want to incorporate with this is, you know, obviously every player is gonna have it. Yeah. And then you can have basically your squads and then you can pick where your squad is all that, that you see as your squad. Yeah. Okay. And then your command. So you could filter it. Yeah, filter everything yeah, okay. and then that that way, you know, command can see every one of their platoons, every one of their squads, and then if they only want to connect to one platoon yeah you can actually click on there and say i only want to talk to this platoon leader and send him a direct message and, it and pulls are, up on are you using like 4g or 5g like what, what if the ao doesn't have good reception that's, ooh, that's starlink that well that that's uh another potential that we're we're working on we're also thinking um potentially doing a uh wireless signal across the AO. Yeah. Um, that's what we used radios for. Uh, we yeah. basically used them to, to produce that signal. Yeah. But the thing is you had to have retrans stations if you yeah. wanted to cover a whole AO. Yeah. Um, th th there's a lot of money that goes into doing that. Like the way that we did it. Yeah. Well, I went to an event with the Starlink. This is a Tesla thing, right? Yeah. Yes. So yeah. I went to an event with, where they had this Starlink at. It worked very well. Um, but when I was talking to them after the game, they're like, yeah. Um, we're having issues using it because Starlink doesn't like you moving around. They want you to be like, it wants you to set up on your house. Mm -hmm. And then I, I was like, what about people with mobile homes? Like this is, this is perfect for people with mobile homes. Like how can they? So I, last I heard they were having issues with it because I guess, I don't know, I guess you have to register a location. Yeah. And then if you move that location, it gets all wonky or whatever. But, uh, but the Starlink worked yeah. pretty well. That's yeah, what, it's a cool prop too. It's like a satellite looking up. Anyway. Yeah. I, I cheat a little bit too with my cell reception because I'm on first net. Yeah. So the first responder network. Yeah. Um, so I have service almost everywhere. Oh, right on. And then everybody's like, my phone doesn't work. I'm like here. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but that, that's one of the things that we we've talked about a, a lot. Cause we do have a couple of AOs that, uh, you get zero service oh, or sure. very little and you know, certain, uh, certain groups don't work. Sometimes Verizon works great. Yeah. AT&T, you've got nothing. And then at and T's great and Verizon and T-Mobile and everybody else is like, we don't have even a single bar. So, so for Arsenal, have you guys looked into that yet? So while I was up there, I had both my phones. Well, I've got another job too. So I have sure. my work phone, which is Verizon and okay. I had great service there. It's, it's close enough that, um, in a, in a good spot that you'll have, great service there i'm thinking about buying that standalone unit so i'm looking at it right now it's you guys are using gotac for yes yeah so they have their standalone ud uh it's 349.99 oof they've uh, got a new one yeah so that's the light they have the pro the pro is 999 uh 999 yeah okay so the eud light is 64 gigabytes of internal memory four gigabytes of ram 8,000 mAh battery, 16 megapixel camera. It's waterproof to IP68. Uh, works with gloves, 1.5 meter drop proof, 4.45 inch HD screen, 
GPS, Wi-Fi, LTE programmable, uh, works on T-Mobile and Verizon. So for you guys with iPhones, this would work just because you would have to integrate it into your cell plan to get, you know, 4G for an AO like MUTC because you're still going to need to wait, have a way to link to their cell signal. Yeah, you mm -hmm. still need to have a way to link to their server. So this is going to have to be added on your phone bill now for someone like me where I already have ATAC on my phone. Uh, you don't really need this. You can just download ATAC. It's probably cheaper just to buy a freaking... Well, Android this is basically phone. an Android phone. That's, that's what yeah, this is. Yeah. It, it is an Android phone, but it's yeah. it's got the big battery bank. Yeah, that's the thing. It's, it's an 8,000 yeah. mod battery. Yeah. So for like, if you remember when I built my ATAC yeah, setup yeah, yeah. for MSW, I would have my phone in my case on my plate carrier, but then I'd have a wire running to it that went to a 12,000 milliamp battery bank. So my phone was plugged in the entire time. And what's the $350 one? That's the one I was just talking about. Yeah. They have a $999 one, which is this on steroids. Anthony, you should get the 999 one. But you also, from the looks of it on their website, you still have to pay $15 per person to access the ATAC server for the event because they're selling server access on their website for $15. Is that a, is that a monthly? Well, no, this is just for MUTC in June. Like yeah, it's $15 so it, to access the server. Oh, this is through AMS. I, I think website. you should get Well, this is through GoTAC, which you guys partnered with. Yes. Oh, yeah. Okay. I, I think you should get the $1,000 one and then we should all get the $350 ones. So I don't we can know. all be connected. I, 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 can, uh, I can justify... 250 to 300. I don't know if I can justify $900 for. Yeah, this is 349 flat. I'll have to uh, sell some airsoft guns of uh, my own that I'd, I'm a hoarder. We, <laughs> I have a problem. We all are. We all are. <laughs> Do you collect airsoft guns like you collect real rifles? You got that yeah. sickness? Just, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're all in that boat. What's your favorite airsoft gun? Ooh. What's like your holy grail? Like, like even if it's not like, not, I don't mean in terms of like you'll field it. Not your go-to usable gun, but what's your favorite gun that you cannot ever get rid of? Mm, probably my 416C. It's a gas blowback. It is not. Ooh. It's the VFC 416C. No, that's that a good gun. Stock. Mm -hmm. Those are super discontinued, and mm -hmm. they're super nice. JoJo has one, and he considered getting rid of it at one point, and I like yelled at him. I was yeah. like, motherfucker. I was like, don't get rid of this gun. This is like, yeah, that, that's, a, that's, a, that's a good one. Yeah, I've actually never used it. <laughs> that's it, easy, it that's just sets on my wall is it stock or did fatco build it no it's stock that's awesome yeah never used it never touched it never done anything it's like Dude. a collector piece it's got the little <laughs> rail and it's got the gas too mm -hmm. oh yeah that's oh, a good one man. all right moving on number four six hours in what are some of the most mem memorable or standout moments from a past american milsim event and that can be on both sides, player or producer. Yeah. So, producer, I'm, I'm going to have to say, and, and I'll be a little biased, um, it was the first ever uh, direct action mission that I put on. What uh, What did that entail? Like, what was the, what was the mission? So, the mission was um, a hostage rescue and HVT uh, kill capture. Okay. Uh, this was in Playa's training facility at... In New Mexico? Yes, at one of their uh, other facilities that's not actually on the AO. Oh, right on. So uh, to get there, we had three vehicles, all blacked out. All drivers were using nods. All players were using nods. We go to 
this uh, mount facility out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. And out there, there's no lights. And it's pitch black anyway. Yeah. So when you black out everything, it's it's crazy. Um, on the way to the mount facility, we took a IED strike. Oh, nice. So we had to stop the vehicles. What did you guys use for the IED? Uh, luckily, with Plast Training Facility, we actually have a true EOD tech. Oh, so was it pyrotechnic or was it like a no, IED simulator? A hundred percent IED pyrotechnic simulator. Oh shit! Uh, it didn't quite go off as planned. <laughs> oh fuck! So the vehicle in front of me stopped. I went to open the door, and I was the last vehicle. I'm from me to you when that ID goes off. Whoops. Yeah. <laughs> did, you, did you get your bell rung? Uh, just just a touch. Yeah. <laughs> but the funny part was like everybody in the vehicle bailed out. Yeah. Like they thought this was part of the mission and like they're they're ready to go. They're so amped up. You know and it's it good, Milsom, when you get real PTSD. Oh, yeah. yeah, right? <laughs> Not service related. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so... <laughs> You know, by the time we actually made it to the mount facility, like everybody's just so amped, they don't know what to do now. Yeah. <laughs> and they're all standing around and then all of a sudden just tracer rounds coming out of nowhere. Yeah. So that one was, was probably one of my most memorable ones for um, staff owner style. I think that's a cool concept, right? So like yes the the main body of the of the game is happening here but these damn missions are happening offsite and i had a long time ago i had a an, an idea cuz we work with a helicopter company that's local and um i i was like man this would be so cool if you paid a little extra this is your little side mission maybe six dudes whatever right the helicopters and i would say six dudes because our, the helicopters are like robinson r22s they're little tiny go-karts in the air right um they land like on the AstroTurf at Zulu, right? Dudes get in and fly to a completely different property, right? So in their heads, they're like, oh, yeah, we're just going to, you know, land at Zulu or whatever. But then they, they go to a completely different property and get dropped off in a field. Hey, you need to land, navigate north. There's there's a, a terrorist camp over That's there. That's like a DLC pack right? in the game. It is, right? There's and different it, enemies and weapons. Yeah, right? It's like totally complete. It's not even the guys, not even the faction you were fighting. Yeah. Like, it's just this, hey, since you're in the area, like, let's go take out these mm-hmm. bad guys. You get wrapped and then they, up in their quest. Yeah, right? So then they, yeah, a little side quest. Yeah. Uh, so then they they do whatever it is, actions on objective, and now they got to call the, the, the helicopters back in, pop smoke the whole nine yards. I was like, you know, just from a player standpoint, that'd be so freaking cool. Yeah. The only thing kind of immersively breaking is the fact that it's a Robinson R22 and not a Blackhawk coming yeah. in. I just don't have that ability yeah, right. to freaking Blackhawk. But it's like, yeah. think of it like Tom Clancy, like Ghost Recon, Wildlands or something, you know, and you just didn't level up to get, you know, the That's military it. helicopter yet. You're just yeah. using the, like, the little bird, whatever. Yeah. Oh, you're, you're stumbling right into armor oh, yeah. territory and I don't want to talk about armor. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I think is a. Do you game? I do not. You're missing out. Your wildest dreams can be imagined in Arma 3. Oh, man. You really glossed over the whole fake ID going off in your oh, face. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What happened? Like, did was it like Call of Duty where your ears were ringing? You're like, oh. Then you hear like, Cody, 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 get up. We got to go. They're shooting at us. <laughs> no, not really. Uh, uh, it, it was not quite that, that good. No. I was blinded. Yeah, Couldn't man. see anything. I 
ran into the truck trying to figure <laughs> out where I'm at. Um, and then I start seeing like everybody out of the vehicle and they're screaming like, I don't, I don't see anybody. There's no contact. And I'm like, get, get your asses back in the truck. Yeah. Right. They're like, are you good to drive? Yeah. Yeah. Good. We're going to find out. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm good. Yeah. So As no. he walks into the side of the truck. <laughs> yeah, I'm good. I am. I mean, yeah. Yeah. That's awesome though. Yeah. I mean, that's freaking amazing, dude. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man, driving blacked out into a town that's completely black. Are we going to see I mean? anything like that at uh, Panthera? At where? MUTC. MUTC. Yeah, Panthera's. We, they got MUTC. Yeah. Yeah, there, there's, um, there is a dam going on, mm-hmm. the direct action mission at yeah. that one. Um, Blake, the actual original founder of American Mill Sim, Frosty oh, is a name I haven't heard yet. Frosty, yeah, he's the original. He's the OG, huh? Yeah. Um, he's actually comes come back, help us out with the dams. Yeah. Um, because he used to be the one that always put the dams on. Yeah. And then, um, he stepped away for a while for work, and then that's when I took over. Right on. And then, luckily, he's back, um, to help us out. But um, there is dam that that event. Um, I'm hoping. And can you talk about it? Is it like? Well, the fun part is, is most of us have op four tickets for the damn mission. Yeah. Do we? All of our boys got them. Uh, I just got to talk to Bo about you and I. No shit. Apparently I'll be there. Yeah. yeah. So the one thing I can't actually say, but no, go I'm, into specific detail, timeline. I want everything. Hoping to uh, bring a special guest in to uh, help me do some stuff. Oh, right on. What's yeah. a, what's that special guest's name? Come on, you're gonna trip up. We can bleep it. We're gonna get you. Can it be Grantham? <sighs> Papa Thumb. Papa Thumb. Well, no, if it's Travis Haley, is, then it's Grandfather Thumb. This is Grandpa uh, Thumb. <laughs> Grandpa Flannel. This granted. is somebody with a little different expertise. <sighs> like I said, we can bleep it. Is it Steven Seagal? <laughs> oh my God! Bro, yes, amazing. <laughs> He's he got a, different he has expertise. A boom mic. <laughs> <laughs> he's not famous. I'll put it that way. Oh man. Well, he's he's famous with the CAG world. Oh, Don Shipley. No, no, not Don Shipley. Who's the other guy? Who's the guy with the handlebar mustache? <laughs> Mario chased him down and shot him like a dog. Dale Comstock. Is no he Comstock. No, I wish. Oh darn. <laughs> that would be coming in through the <laughs> top window with an MP5. Yeah. No. <laughs> Mario chased him down. Shot him like a dog. Well, that's cool, man. So you got yeah. a special guest there. We'll talk about it off air, I guess. We'll we'll pry it out of you. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> give me a couple hours. It probably won't be too bad. Yeah, right. <laughs> It'll be fine. <laughs> oh man, well that sounds awesome. I and I, and I like the damn mission. Uh, I like that there's like like Anthony said, like a DLC. Like you know, you, you pay for the. I don't even want to call it the, the main body of the event, but the, there's also the option to like go out and do your little special forces, Navy seal thing. Yeah. Cause really that's what airsoft breaks down to. Right? Yeah. Like from a player player perspective, like what makes a good op? Well, you had your Navy seal moment, you know what I mean? Or I always call it that. I'm sure I'll get flamed in the comments. No, but it's true it. because you're, how much fun do you want to have? And I understand that everyone's buying the initial ticket to the game and that gets you the normal amount of effort and all the fun that comes along with that game. But if you want to do something a little more fun and a little, little more special, you can do a little extra money down and they can give you a tailored, really cool experience that is exactly what you're looking for in terms of that cool guy moment. Everybody's chasing the dragon of having that super awesome highlight moment. The damn missions give you the option. Yeah, that's really cool, man. Um, all right. Number five. Oh, 
we may have already gone over this. Could you walk us through the process of organizing a MILSIM event? What are the key considerations and challenges involved? So we, we did go through a little bit of like the op words in a game style. Yeah. Um, for me too, uh, it's the logistical side of it. That's sure. Really big, especially coming out here. Yeah. From Oklahoma. Right. And trying to get stuff out here. <laughs> Luckily, didn't run into what we had last year. No. So, yeah. Which actually, we kind of actually did. Well, so I, I just took delivery of your, your pallets. You had like three pallets that came. And the driver, when he called me, I was like, hey, man, please tell me you've got a lift gate on the truck. Said, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he had a lift gate. It was, it was smooth sailing this time. I think it was last year. The guy came in a box truck, no lift gate. And you got these three pallets. So we're like. No, it's worse than that. They only dropped off one pallet. We had to drive oh, back to Jersey. Yeah, to get that's with the trailer, right. Remember? I forgot. Yeah. About remember that. putting the trailer on the truck and them sending it being like, hopefully we're back before the sun goes down. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah. Funny oh, story. And then they, well, and then they, then they sent the pyro to Mario's shop. Remember that when Enola Gay sent mm-hmm. everything to, to Mario's shop? Yeah. Can confirm the pyro got delivered to my house. Don't worry, all your stuff's there. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, so funny story. Uh, last year, uh, you guys didn't get like your dead rags. So Bo went to AutoZone to get red rags. My dad was working at that AutoZone oh, at the nice. time. And uh, Bo was like explaining to him like, yeah, we need red rags for like Airsoft. My dad's like, oh, I know what that is. My son works over there. So yeah, uh, yeah. AutoZone has done more for Airsoft than advanced auto parts. there's there's a good there's a good plug yeah we almost had that exact same (laughs) fiasco happen this year i don't know if bo filled you in on that he called me and was like yeah you know the sponsor said that the dead rags were delivered two weeks ago i'm like i haven't gotten a single box yet then magically all of a sudden like two days later i just get three giant cases of dead rags on my door (laughs) i'm like well they're here but they were wrong about the time yeah (laughs) no so yeah the logistics side of it you know this year we actually ran into a little bit of problem too really they were supposed to come pick it up Tuesday. Yeah. Because it's six days standard freight Oof. delivery. That's all ground? Yeah. Yes. Oh, man. So Tuesday, they didn't show up. Wednesday, they didn't show up. Thursday, they're like, yeah, we'll be there at 4.45 p.m. I'm like, I need this stuff here Wednesday. Like, yeah. No, it's not going to get there till Friday by like 5 or 6 p.m. I'm like, yeah, that ain't going to work. Yeah. So this is Thursday. It's Oof. Like, um, yeah. Well, we're gonna have to do something different. Yeah. Luckily, we got it ironed out. But did you did you use a different company? Because I know FedEx Freight is the one that delivered it. So it's technically through Estes. Okay. And a contractor that is owned by Estes. Okay. Was the one that actually got everything done because right. they they can use whoever they want. Yeah. Where Estes has to do Estes. So yeah. Yeah, they ended up using FedEx Freight. Hey, worked out. Yeah, all your stuff and. They didn't come with a lift gate, so I had to run down to the hardware store and steal their forklift and. Oh, they to pick it up. Yes. Oh man, I think it was last year. The guys showed up. Uh, these two small stature gentlemen showed up, and uh, and I was like, "Hey, where's the lift gate?" And they were like, "Hey, where's the loading dock?" And I was like, "We ain't got either of those." <laughs> right. Yeah. So they had we had to like back the truck up to a spot where there was a hill and then I just had some like two by eights or, or oh, two was, by that tens. Was the first year. We was that the first year? Yeah. And so we like, we put the two by tens up there to make like a quasi ramp. And then like one of your pallets got on and those two by tens started bow. And I was like, please don't break, please don't break. Like, Oh my God. But we got them off. OSHA yeah. would be very happy with us. Oh no. They, yeah. It got done because OSHA wasn't there. Yeah. Oh, I, I remember. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, trying to load up, 
our trailer, which you know we have a pretty good size forty foot yeah gooseneck trailer, loading that, driving you know all the way across the country basically yeah. to all of our events. It's a pretty big undertaking, um, you know, because we got to get there early to set up and do everything. So, um, and and shout out to like our guys, our staff guys that are out at the field right now right now setting working <laughs> well it's all right you're here. working too it's yeah all right. we're, we're i can here see him on the security cameras there to got the tent up yeah <laughs> nice see uh, i'm sitting here this is fun, great right yeah. you're gonna walk in and be like good job guys <laughs> right <laughs> buy you yeah, some dinner the the, <laughs> the the stuff a lot of people they may not think about you know the setup and the prep yeah, for before the game and then us having to tear everything back down load it in just a few hours like in a get, timeline yeah, yeah to get out by sunday evening to drive back home to oklahoma or you know luckily here we get to ship it so we all get yeah. to fly it's a little easier but so <clears throat> yeah there, there's a lot of work going into setting up you know these bigger games in areas that you don't have really a structure or infrastructure yeah. that that uh is pretty pretty daunting from time to time so so yeah, logistics is uh pretty challenging. I agree with that. That was a terrible segue that was. Yeah. That was pretty bad. Let's keep it in though. I like it. It's okay. Yeah, that it was, gets better. So how about those logistics? Oh uh, pretty good. All <laughs> right. Oh, number six. Here we go. How do you ensure that safety is a top priority at your events while still providing an immersive and realistic experience? Wow. Yeah, safety is a big thing. Um especially when you're setting off IEDs, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the the first thing that we always do is you know we have a certified paramedic or emt yeah all of our events um i have quite a bit of training but i'm not certified so gotcha. certain things i can't do sure i consider myself more of a combat medic I'm okay save your life but you won't look good afterwards <laughs> so why do you put gummy bears in the wound? Right, <laughs> stop yeah, the bleeding. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and making sure everybody has you know a medical card on them. Yeah. Because if you've got you know a known allergy or you know an issue, you got to know that. Sure. When, when you're going through that, um, we also um, during setup um, and everything, anything that's potentially hazardous, we yeah. try to barricade or tape off and and try to not let anybody around those areas. So there's a lot of uh, detail that goes into that. Sure. You know, what what do you consider safe or not safe? But when you have, you know, 400 people running around. Shooting guns at each other. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, there's, a, there's a certain level of risk that's just right. always yeah. got to be present. But um, it, it's, there's like proactive things you can do, like you said, roping off areas. And then there's just reactive things because, mm -hmm. because life happens. That's yeah. why we have to carry two ace bandages. <laughs> you never know. Oh God. And tourniquets. No. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Number seven, in your opinion, what is the most important elements for fostering teamwork camaraderie among participants at Milsim events? That's a hell of a question. Say nothing and point. <laughs> yeah. That's how you do it. <laughs> Send them to their deaths and then you take yeah. all the glory. Yes. hundred <laughs> percent. You're like yeah. a Russian general. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, uh, to me, it'd have to be communication. Sure. Um, always starts at the top. If you communicate with your team, um, your leadership, all the way down to 
first time guy. Yeah. Let them know what they're walking into. Yeah. And say, Hey, this is, and that, that's why we do the upwards too. So we send that out to everybody and everybody gets it that way. They know kind of the whole plan for yeah. the weekend. And then the command staff tries to communicate with their, their emails and letters to everybody. But that communication is, is gotta be key. So, so after you guys send out the op board, right, uh, is it more player driven after that? So, so you guys send it out basically the commander's intent and then you guys' leadership starts up the communication with their squads and their squad leaders, you know what I mean? So, yeah. so, so it's not like a member of staff is like hanging over them, making sure that they're communicating or how? No. So it, it's, I will send out the op boards to both command staff. Yeah. So they, they, one team gets one op board, one team gets a different op board. Sure. And after that, they have to add to the op board on how they want to maneuver, how they want to do everything. And then right. they start communicating that to their platoon leaders, their platoon leaders then have meetings okay. with their squads. And these are then, players. Like yes. The all two players. leaders are players. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. That's going to be freaking tough, man. Sometimes it's it's very tough. Yeah. Um, and in different areas that you, you haven't been to very often. Yeah. Um, when you have some, especially new player base, it's it's real rough. Yeah. Um, but certain areas, they love doing that. Yeah. And it's easier than others, but um, you you still get a lot of people to emails, especially when you see attachments and your emails five hundred lines long. And you're yeah. like, yeah, I'm not reading that. Yeah. So, um, what's the worst thing a platoon leader can do? What's like the worst uh, trait or quality? Go MIA. Yeah. Other than that, because that's that's pretty obvious. Yeah. I always tell, you know, when we do our small little games or whatever, I always tell everybody the same thing. I was like, the team that's going to win is the team that stays on the field. Yes. And that includes, and this, man, like for medics, right? Like we don't do anything crazy for medics, but there are assigned medics, dude. And like me as a producer, I can walk on and off the field. It's not a big deal. And then you go down to the staging area and you look around and you're like, these guys are all, this is all tan teams medics right here sitting down eating lunch or whatever. Yeah. You're like, get up on the field, man. Jesus. Yeah. You're like, you're important. But, yeah, so I, I guess to besides going MIA, the the one of the worst things you could probably do is either worry about yourself and not your team. Yeah, and you try to have fun and you don't worry about anybody else. You're a leader at that point. You're leading other leaders as, as well. You know, you got your squad leaders that are leading your squads. Yeah, and your platoon leader has everybody underneath those him or her. So being selfish and I'm going to go have fun. And I've got a couple guys with me that are my guys and not worrying about the rest of your, yeah. your platoon. So then when, when you register for an AMS event, do you choose like, Hey, I want to be in a leadership role. You can say that. Absolutely. So, so you got guys who are like, yeah, I want to be a leader and then just, just F off and like do their own thing. Yeah. And, yeah. and luckily, you know, we've been doing this enough long enough that yeah. uh, our command you know, they've got known platoon leaders that have been yeah. doing it for a while and, and then love doing it and that are good at it. Yeah, okay. So, and, and also, you know, and that's one of the reasons we really like the locals. You go to a new field or a, a local area that's already got basically the player base. Yeah. And you can start finding some new leadership. Yeah. And start grooming those guys too. So it, it's, it's definitely a challenge at some points, yeah. but... Luckily, we, we've been pretty blessed with that. So. Good. Good deal. 
All right. What was that? Seven? No. Oh. I'm not going to do eight. What roles of communication plan success? That's pretty clear. I mean, you guys using the I, I, ATAX? Is it ATAX? Go tech. What's Go a tech? PL without a radio? Yeah, right. Uh, yeah. He's just a dude. Yeah. <laughs> uh, number nine, can you share any insights into the evolution of American Milson since its establishment? What changes or improvements have been made over the years? Yeah, you guys have changed a lot of rules, like DMR rules, um, like your medic rules have changed too. Yeah, even from allowing full auto to semi-auto with rifles. Uh, you know, yeah. We used to be full auto. I feel like you can do full auto if you limit the ammo, but if you're not limiting ammo, then semi's the way to go. Yeah. Yeah. Now you guys still limit the ammo per player in a different way. Cause we, we go to a lot of Milson West games and they limit it by issuing ammo at 500 rounds per player. You guys have a magazine amount rule, right? Where you can't carry more than eight magazines on your player and you're not allowed seven. to load. Oh, seven. And you're not allowed to load them unless you're in your fob. That's correct. Yeah. So that adds another, dynamic that while Milson West doesn't have that it's similar in, in that regard because you can't just be out there with a speed loader in the middle of the game loading your mags you have to go back to be able to load those I think it's a I think it's a necessary it's a necessary evil in an airsoft game to to ensure that you as a player cannot sit in the same spot and have a massive firefight yeah. for eight hours straight mm -hmm. right I mean if you conserve your ammo fine that like like that should always be in the back of your head how many mags do I have left and then the squad leader needs to be like hey how much ammo does everybody have? Can we can we sit here? Do we need to be reinforced? Like it adds a whole nother layer yeah. to the to the decision making that needs to happen. And I think it's a good thing. Man. Now, from a producer standpoint, how hard is it enforcing that rule? A new rule is pretty difficult um, because you get your your especially your veterans that have been doing it so long, and now you implement a new rule, and yeah. it's like, when did that go into effect? Yeah. Um, yeah. The older the rule gets, it's usually fairly easy. Um, new player base, um, we push just to read our rule sets. Um, we're going to actually... Good luck. Good well, luck. Well, one of the things that we're, we're fixed to start doing is videos. So instead of reading, listen. I'm telling you. So many years ago, I did an event, and it wasn't like a standard event. And I was going to write everything out. And then I was like, nah. We, we discovered a couple years ago that... A player will sit down and watch a two-minute video. They will not read two paragraphs. Yeah. well, and I, So I think that's the right move. I think our, shorts are... Our right. old rule, sh rule set was uh, like eight or ten pages. Yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, I'm on your website. Your your rule set's pretty lengthy to begin with. Well, but I think it, it has to be, to be. Way more than that, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's why instead of trying to read through the lengthy, wordy stuff, yeah, here's a video. Yeah. Um, what, what was the thinking behind the whole war crime thing? So airsoft is a game of trust. True. Like, granted, yeah, if you shoot them enough or you're close enough, they're eventually going to call it, but it's a game of trust. So when somebody's doing something just blatantly breaking the rules or just derogatory, something crazy, or a whole team is doing that, or a group of a team start doing something that actually takes away from the entire team. Yeah. That way, if one or two guys are doing something kind of shady, their teammates are going to be like, Hey, that's going to cost 
our entire team points if yeah. you keep doing that stuff. So it's getting other people to help monitor a situation. Yeah, so you can kind of police your own. I know they do stuff like that, and I I hate to bring it up, but like in in Speedsoft, right? In think, oh, the two for one. Think what you will, right? But if but if somebody's caught not calling it hits. Now in Speedsoft, they have like refs every 10 feet. Mm -hmm. Like they're monitoring everything. But it, but if somebody doesn't call their hit like and a ref catches it, it's like that person's out and then they take two more. So it like super affects it. So everybody, so believe it or not, my personal opinion here, uh, like hit calling issues in Speedsoft is probably way less because because of that same uh, dynamic that mm -hmm. you guys are using, right? So don't 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 mess around because you're going to affect not just yourself. Well, A, you're a shithead for doing it. B, uh, you're affecting everybody on the team. So I, I like that punishment. I that like also came from paintball. Yeah. 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 Like what, what has to happen, uh, like that line of communication between a player doing something that's considered a war crime and then it being brought to like admin's attention and – you know, and being like dealt with like, like, does it like, does the like, admin like, have to witness it? Like or? if somebody is so mad, he's not calling his fucking hits and he's just so mad. Like, obviously that can't be enough. Like with us, we have to be like, well, we have to like kind of see it. Yeah. We'll, we'll keep an eye out for it. Yeah. And, and, and with that, do you guys have refs out on the field that aren't like in a cell? Like they're, they're actually uniformed refs monitoring the game. Do you so have that? yeah, we have true admins. Um, and that's another thing we've been working on. We tried to do less at the time, red shirt admins yeah. that stand around and just being a ref. Yeah. We started implementing an in-game admin. So people that we have that are basically an admin, but they're still playing. You don't know who they are. Yeah. Um, unless you see their, their patch or their ID or something. Um, so then we got away from, you know, the more admin side and only have like one or two out there trying that we found out that's not really the best case either. Sure. So we're bringing back more regular admins and increasing the in-game admins because we think that's good too. So you're doing so, both. Yes. Still going to do both. Yeah. I'm just going to up the number of those. Yeah. Um, and it seems like, you know, when you see a ref or a red shirt running around, people get real honest. Yeah. Yeah. So, and it we really don't want to deter the players either. That's why yeah. we still want to keep the in-game admin out there because they're only there really to police only their side yeah, or to help in a situation if somebody's just so heated that they, they can't function anymore. And, and so. your admins are like in that are in the game. They're also in like leadership roles too. They might be like a squad leader or a PL or something. So or like, staff too. Yeah. yeah. So we have some of our staff guys that actually play all weekend. So obviously they're going to be one, but yeah, they're, they're more leadership roles that are been to, you have to go through a, a safety brief just for being an admin um, and do stuff like that. But you know, war crimes, we, we don't want to issue any war crimes ever. Um, to actually get a war crime, it's it's blatant cheating. Um, something like, you know, we have flags that have each faction's actual flags on them yeah. that you have to change. We've had people put them in knots, uh, zip tie them up where you can't just run up there and change them real quick. Yeah, <laughs> Stuff like that. that. Like, we don't do flags anymore. <laughs> yeah, we don't do flags anymore. <laughs> or, you know, you see another team's prop. And you just take it and go move it somewhere else, ah, so or that, take it back to your fob and be like, 
Well, they can't get points for it. Uh, We're not getting them, but they can't get them. So it ruins a game. Yeah, stuff like that yeah. is. I also remember like destruction of property for the AO was under that too, because like GTI, if you shot a light bulb out, you guys considered it a war crime. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I mean, especially places that's got windows and you sit there and you bust out a window just so you can put your barrel out instead Ooh. of opening the door. That's got to be a big concern for MUTC coming up next month. Yes. Um, which we've we've dealt with this for the last seven years at uh, Copperhead, New Mexico. You know, there's 250 houses out there. Yeah. All of them have windows. So uh, we we preach that real heavy in the in the briefings. So you guys have ever had any uh, any issues with that? Like, yeah. we, we've had yeah. a couple of them. Yeah. How do the uh, how do the training uh, areas uh, or the training sites? How do they handle that? Like, uh, I imagine this is how it works in my head, right? You do an event there, somebody breaks a window, you guys are paying for it. Is that how? It Absolutely. Works? Yeah. Oh man. Yep. That's a lot of trust between a producer and player there as well. It is. And if, if like know. a player does that, you ever like, well, has that ever happened? Has a player like actually destroyed property and you guys had to pay for that? And like, uh, right in front of Bo one time. And and smart. was there is there ever Very smart is there ever talk of the player like hey like what you did was blatantly destruction of property like we're gonna have to pay for that like come on you, like you broke it you know what I mean? well, oh trying Ooh. to get him to pay for it hundred uh, percent I mean I think they're responsible but yeah well we've never actually made somebody pay for something but we haven't had anybody do anything super drastic where it's yeah. like at say like Guardian Center or the window. They're they're like thirty grand or or the light double pole. pink huge, oh those windows yeah yeah now something like that luckily we've we've never had anything like that yeah that might be a whole different conversation sure with staff and these big aos I keep coming back to it but like we talked about how you guys have player staff and you have actual admin red shirt staff going into a game as large as what you're doing next month at Arsenal with that big of a player count how much staff are you guys looking to have for that. Uh, more than we'll probably have to be, to be honest with you. We, what we you want, what you got, or do more with less. <laughs> yeah. We probably need more. Um, and it, it's still a very big topic between Bo and myself right now is, is how many do we really need? Yeah. yeah that's going to be a big game. Yeah. It's, it's going to be the biggest one we've ever had. It's a big AO though. I think it is a big play, but that's yeah. the thing. Cause like we see it all the time at Zulu, like, as the numbers start to bump up and then we start to question, do we have enough staff on the field? Do we need more staff on the field? Yeah. And how do we properly space out our staff on the field to make sure we're covering everything at one time that starts to come into question as numbers go up, even on a smaller scale. Yeah. Now you're looking at MUTC where they have a giant complex Yeah. and that's a lot of players running around. That's a lot of things moving at one time, which <laughs> is why staff becomes such a key thing. How many players again for that? A little over a thousand. So for me, insurance requirement right for me it's i need one member of staff for every 25 players so we have four uniforms ref plus me that's good for what 125 and then i have on an average day you have four to ten staff members that are there that are playing and everything but uh and of course i'm not (laughs) maybe one day uh i'm not getting a thousand players out there Shit's nuts. That's a lot for Zulu. No, but it, stuff like that also comes into play when we're talking about Benghazi, the event we're running in West Virginia yeah. in August. You're going to have 250 Op 4 players on one faction. Now we have to take the majority of the Zulu staff and put them onto Op 4 because yeah. you have so many people there that to keep that 1 to 25 ratio, 
going to need a bunch. Well, and it, for Benghazi in particular, I think we have 12 or 13 staff from the Zulu side of the house uh, on Op 4, and then Grimnir's got staff as well. We're, we're, yeah. we're good on staff for that event. But that's the same kind of question that comes yeah. into play because in this regard, talking about how much staff you're going to need for an event where you guys are running with 1,000 people, that's that's a lot of dudes. It's a lot of space. That's a lot mm-hmm. of space to cover with staff members. But, but I'm sure you'll be okay. And you guys heard it here. If you break a window, AMS has to pay for it. So, be polite. Oh my! Don't God. ruin MUTC. We, <laughs> the airsoft community just got that back. Do not ruin it for us. Yeah. yeah right? You know what? Oh, like man. sometimes there's a good AO or a good opportunity to do something really cool in airsoft. Things that you would only dream of when you were a kid, first getting into it. You like know, breaking a window. Yeah, and then there will be a rule that's very important. Like don't take pictures or videos oh, and man. don't share them. And then there's one guy. One guy always has to be the one to take the picture and post it anyway. And, and they'll know that this is the condition for having the AO. Otherwise, yeah. we'll never get it again. So I ran a couple of games at, uh, at West Point. And well, we could talk about it now. Anthony. We can you talk about it now. Yeah, we can talk about it now. It, but why? Why do people do that? I like, don't know why people do that. But we, we, we got a training area at West Point that um, it was pretty. It's pretty neat. It's cool. It's got some building stuff. It's like it's, it's pretty neat. And like the stipulation, it, it was a nightmare to... Um, to promote for couldn't say West Point couldn't say cadet couldn't say military academy you know so I'm just like hey we're doing this thing and it's really <laughs> cool and if you register after you register we can tell you more yeah like <laughs> like hey it's 50 bucks to come play at this place that I can't tell you and it's got cool things that I can't tell you but as soon as you give me your money then I can send you an email that tells you you know what I mean so yeah. people are like how can I even plan for this event I don't even know where it's at it's right? like yeah. signing an NDA to play airsoft <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is, it, is it an hour away is it six hours away I don't know and I'm just like oh it's, it's like an airsoft corner. CIA mission but the players <laughs> figured it out pretty right pretty quickly but part of that whole registration process it was like I agree to not take photos videos or post anything of the event yeah and Monday morning, yep. I log on to the Zulu 24 Instagram and I see tagged by this person. I'm like, I know that AO. And then they even geo tagged it as West Point Military yeah. Academy. And I'm like, you stupid fuck. Yep. And it, what's funny is this particular player, um, I looked at him and I was like, do not t-, like him specifically. It's like, do not take any photos or videos. And then at the end of the game, I was like, don't post whatever you took. I know you took pictures because you're a scumbag. Like, uh, we might need to bleep that out, but no, um, I think we're fine. No, I don't, but, I, I oh yeah, I think we're fine. I think we're fine. So I looked at that player and I was like, don't post whatever pictures and shit you took. And he just laughed like, oh, I wouldn't do that to you literally the next morning. Mm. What a, f- and I'm sending screenshots to Dave going, do you want to handle it or do you want me to handle oh, it? Oh, what a piece of shit. And I, I had messaged him too when I saw it and I was like, oh, don't, don't be fooled. Our community yeah. very much went at him over that and was like, you are going to be the reason this never happens again. And it got taken down, but it's like, Dave told you more than twice on top of the rest of the community telling you don't do that. And it was specifically in the op board. Don't fucking do it. And you do it anyway. That's all right. He got like, he was ostracized anyways. Oh, that's another off air discussion. Yeah. But, but yeah, so break windows at MUTC. You won't have to pay for it. It's just uh, AMS. And you'll ruin the AO for you'll the rest of the, the AO community. Well, you may have to deal with me afterwards. <laughs> He's just going to stare at you. I would He's not going to say that. anything. He's just going to stare at you. I'm going to have pallets of bricks delivered to you. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just put Soros on them. <laughs> We're all dead tomorrow morning. <laughs> the power goes out again. Yeah. Okay, don't do that. Our don't social really. credit has dropped too low. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
Oh, right. Let's move on here. Uh, that one, that's a dumb question. Uh, what advice would you give to individuals who are interested in attending their first Milsim event? What should they expect and how can they best prepare? So to me, the local game is uh, probably the best way to get into uh, a Milsim style event. Um, and then honestly, just jumping right in. Yeah. You think just right in the deep end. I, I figure if you, if you got the gear yeah, and, and you played some local stuff before, just jump right in. So basic, basic gear loadout. What would you recommend? Obviously make sure you have the proper camo for what side you're going on. Sure. Um, chest rig. Um, if, if, you rather wear a plate carrier do it, but your first couple ones, I say go chest rig. Yeah. Um, you're going to have to get used to the length of them and, and the style of game that is being ran. And then just a, a standard, say, 416 or some come, some style AR. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't even honestly say you need a pistol um, for your first couple. I don't actually think I've ever. I have. I have a a pistol, but I don't think I've ever pulled it out once. So, <laughs> major event. Every year I've played at Copperhead because you're breaching a house. Yeah. And breaching a house with the pistols, a lot easier than with a standard barrel sure. rifle. Um, and then one other time, my rifle actually went down, and it was either. They're going down or me, yeah. so I'm going to use my pistol for once. So, yeah. and that's why I say that too. You may not ever get in a situation where you ever need it. So, yeah, for your first couple, just rifle your mags, chest rig, proper camo, good eye pro. Now, what's your tolerance with camo? Because I know you guys have like the whole write up online showing what faction can wear what camo. Hypothetical, the what if story kid shows up and it's just completely wrong camo or he's mixed matching. What's your tolerance level for that? Like, and he drove for 10 hours. They always drive for 10 hours when they in the wrong gear. Well, and it's their first time and their dad's with them. They're 12 and they're all. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, aren't most of them? Yeah. We all are. Right. Yeah. That's a uh, good answer. <laughs> oh man. Like, would you let the kid play or like, like how would that work? Or you send him over to Amp to be like, I don't know, do your best. Or so what, what we st state every single time, yeah. you cannot wear this. Do you have anything else? Sure. And they always come back with, no, this is all I There's own. There's a Walmart right down the road. That That is, it's either check out Amp or the yeah. local stores, um, go to Walmart, buy khakis or green pants. They sell them all day long, Carhartt, yeah. anything in a, t-shirt we sell t-shirts of our faction colors yeah that's got to come in clutch because i'm i'm reading the uniform requirements and you're okay with just wearing a green t-shirt and green pants or a tan t-shirt and tan pants yes. has it come down to that before oh yeah um and we've even had guys come from canada and they didn't bring the right camo this is my favorite argument all day long it's like this this leap in logic it's it's so amazing and this has happened to me too uh at the field at just our local field right excuse me it's alpha green oh god i want to kick that kid in the face <laughs> um so you get somebody right comes from canada drives or flies makes this huge travel this huge financial investment 
uh, to come down to play your field or your game or whatever. And then they get there and you're like, you're in the wrong camo. And they're like, but I just traveled all this way and spent all this money. I was like, yeah, you did all of that, but you didn't read the rules. Exactly. I'm a it's very like special snowflake and you need to treat me better because I traveled so far to be here. Babe. I have heard that shit so many times, dude. Oh, I, I traveled two, two hours to get here. They yeah. Don't, they don't even believe that. They're just trying to. Everybody get, lives two hours away, by the way. But they're just trying to get out of the, they're just trying to get away with it. I know. It's just yeah. such a. But it's such a wild leap in logic. You're like, hey, uh, yeah, you did all that, except you didn't read the rules, which is free and takes probably 10 minutes. Or like when you go to buy a ticket on our site, you agree. Yeah. And it literally states, I'm playing for this faction. Yeah. These are your available camo patterns. You agree to that. No, they just when, click it. When you buy that ticket. Well, <laughs> but by clicking that, they agree to it. That's why so. Apple and Android own us, because every time they, they do an yep. update, they're like, do you agree to this 17-page minuscule writing yeah. agreement? Yeah, sure, whatever. Human centipede. Yeah, the, yeah, the <laughs> South Park episode. <laughs> you hear that, everybody? Show up in the right camo. That'll, that, that would help 90% of the games in America, actually. Uh, let's see. Number 12. How do you see the future of Milsim events and the community evolving? Are there exciting plans or developments on the horizon for American Milsim? I think you already went over a little bit with that with the drone yeah. and the, uh, but, but where do you see, like, where do you see the community as a whole going? Like, how far are we going to take this military simulation before we start having like helicopter crashes and stuff like that? Like Ukraine. Oh God. <laughs> well, I think it's. I think it's going to continue to grow just because what y'all mentioned earlier, the gaming community. Yeah. Yeah. So the games are getting so realistic that you can customize guns. Oh, yeah. And then somebody's like, I can go do this for real outside and still not die. Yeah. And have fun with my friends, you know, a weekend a month or. Sure. I think we've all said it. It's like playing Call of Duty in real life. Yes. Yeah. Um, and because of the gaming community, community, um, and we've seen it, um, recently with the, the new people coming out to our events and, and new events that they've never been to a Milsim game before. The numbers are growing substantially. Yeah. And so obviously it's, it's still growing and it's still continuing to get new players that are evolving into a new style game or something to do yeah activity so i think it's going to just continue to grow for a while that being said though the people like us that are putting on games and trying to design games we're going to have to evolve too well you got to start pushing that envelope man like yeah. that's a the players too i think man like if everybody had an atac well sure and everybody knew how to use it or and, everybody, if, and everybody chose to use it. Or yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, even if somebody just developed, it doesn't have to be ATAC or Dragon Force or whatever the hell. But just uh, if if somebody invented a stand, something that performs similar, right? And it was like 150 bucks, and you wore it like a watch. So the funny thing is, I, on the uh, GoTac website with the EUD that I was talking about, they've got a watch. They have a watch, and it's 400 bucks. It's called the Pip Boy. no but similar follow-up question to that seeing where the airsoft community is going is there anything you wish you could do with american milson that you're not there to do it yet 
C-130 pair of drops. Uh, I mean... That'd be cool as shit. Real IEDs. (laughs) (laughs) There's a laundry list of stuff that I wish we could do. Well, if you had to pick one off that list of something that would just put American Milsim over the top in your eyes, what's something you would want to do with it? (laughs) Can you say ghosts? Ghosts. (laughs) I want my AO to be haunted. Uh, Probably air. Air assets? Like legit air assets where we're talking like helicopters and close air support or just like continuing on with the drone aspect and implementing it more? Pretty much everything. So I would like big drones that circle that obviously aren't, you know, the DGIs or something like yeah. that. Some some bigger air asset drones that... It's like the ones with like 12 rotors on it, you know what I mean? Or a Predator. Oh you! Oh you mean big? Yes. Oh okay. See, these are yeah, the questions right we want to know. Um, right on, right on. That way, with that drone, you can also have munitions. Sure. Um, obviously, we're seeing it. It's in real life, life with yes, the are. DGI stuff. I mean, uh, you're you're seeing how they're implementing, you know, their rounds yeah. with a handheld drone. You're going to have to increase your defense budget. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a cool aspect because imagine having the ATAC connection and the player comes in and he's just like, hey, our little DJI drone can see that there's a platoon size element across the AO and you just have a predator that can drop an airsoft tag round. No, That'd it's, cool it's going to have shit. to be. So, so this is our million dollar idea right here. Uh, trademarked and registered right now for us, right? We need to invent a, uh, a, a an airsoft hellfire missile. That doesn't kill everybody. Yes. That's how it's Well, right now it's like illegal to put an airsoft gun on a drone. Actually, yeah. So the FAA has come out like that's super fucking illegal. You can't do that. So how does it work with the shooting out of helicopters then? Well, they're specifically going after unmanned aerial drones because there was a group of kids in California, I believe it was. They put an airsoft Glock on a drone and the FAA shit itself. They had like an elite force Glock 18 on a drone. And after that, the FAA was like, absolutely not. You can't do this. Really? Mm-hmm. Even though it's under like a yep. thousand feet or something? Yeah. A lot of the companies too that make these robots are very much against that. Um, they are fueling the Ukrainian conflict. Right? General They're, Dynamics has entered the chat, boys. Yeah. <laughs> well, Boston Dynamics. Raytheon. Um, yeah. A clear path stocks like those, those bigger companies are very much against it like they're like they'll disown you yeah they're that's silly it's the natural progression of warfare i mean it's yeah there's gonna be it's also the natural progression of freedom right yeah exactly right there's gonna be an airplane that flies over you see like four parachutes come out they're gonna it, these parachutes are gonna land on a tripod and a 50 cal is gonna come up and it's just gonna be terrain denial it's just going to sit there and shoot everything within 360 of itself. You know what I mean? Like that's yeah. the natural progression of it. I figure they're going to drop the little mini tanks with the mini guns and stuff on. Right? Yeah. Those little uh, the gladiator vehicles, oh, or whatever. That'd be cool. Right? Like, and they're going to be pre-programmed to go to a certain area and and maybe recognize a uniform pattern and just shoot or not shoot or whatever. I mean, that's just the natural progression of things. Yeah. Um, but in airsoft, that would be cool as shit. Yeah. Right. And, and with the air asset too, you know, I, I would like. You know, big helicopters so we could drop off squads. That'd like, be cool. Do like an air assault infill. Mm. Or like fast roping on a rooftop. For now, just get a U-Haul um, and, I, and have people jump I out of the bag. I would love I've done that. Do that, but that. Yeah. I think, uh, I, think Can, it, I think you could convince um, 
you could convince the insurance company, right? So, so you'd have to do some sort of qualification courses that have to be like two weeks minimum long where like, hey, if you want to come to this, if you want to do this damn mission, you got to come on out and go through a two week fast roping course to do it. Because in the damn mission, you're going to hover above a, above a, a building and you're going to fast rope down onto the rooftop. And I feel, I feel like in two weeks, you can be uh, fairly proficient. Uh, faster it's not very hard you just yeah i mean don't fall and, and plus there's just a pass fail at that so there's no yeah eh, i don't know if you should it's you're good or you're not yeah good. did a lot of fast roping in the military and it's uh in about two weeks you can get comfortable yeah. with it do you think there will ever be an airsoft game where somebody's going to skydive into the ao it could be 20 years hasn't down that been done do you think it'll ever happen no but like a player like a player like an airdrop yeah. like yeah, like hasn't, hasn't c-130 done jump that? out I thought that happened in Europe. Hold on, I'm gonna look that up. I like, can be completely wrong. Like squirrel suit and parachute. Like they're oh, they're they're oh, gliding in wingsuiting, huh? Holy shit! Mm. Yeah, the uh, the the guitar solo from Freebird is playing as they're like squirrel suiting in. <laughs> You'd have to get Travis <laughs> Pastrana. <It's looking> at- <laughs> I'm gonna say no, just for the simple fact that even getting an airsoft gun on a plane, yeah, but, pretty rough. So yeah, but like like private helicopter. You could do it privately. Yeah, you could. Do you it would privately. have to do it private because yeah. if I don't if know any if I commercial might. or yeah commercial uh, group that you know does skydiving, their insurance won't allow them to do that. I mean, it all depends on the classification of an airsoft gun, I guess. But but you're probably right. But man, that'd be cool. That would be cool. Man, that'd be, you, you're like fighting through the town and you look up and you just see like 10 parachutes. You're like, fuck, they got. So I'm going to say I'm going to have to try that first. <laughs> Jumping in somewhere. Smart. See answer. how it works. Yeah. Very smart. Answer. It's, yeah. it's kind of the scary thing about like skydiving, right? I never did skydiving. Is that you can do everything correctly. You can pack your chute right. You can jump out at the optimal altitude. You can pull your rip cord and still, if it's your day, something may happen. Yeah, and it's like still, well, still dude, wind up. You subscribe to down. the theory that every moment of time is a branch off into another alternative universe, and there's an infinite amount of alternative universes. There's a universe where it is normal for people to skydive into airsoft, and they like, and they like it. It's very and, cool. and nothing bad happens, and we're just in the wrong universe, right? Yeah. You. Can could create that timeline right <laughs> you could create it by going to like skydive the ranch and be like hey man this conversation started it this is it right? with that this theory, is the genesis we're just in the wrong anthony universe. with that theory there's also a universe where airsoft is the best thing since sliced bread and there's never arguments in a game ever and all actual wars are settled with airsoft guns. there's there's kind of like <laughs> Yu-Gi-Oh, where they settle the fate of the world with the children's card game that means that there's a universe where home discipline of your children is shooting them with a minigun airsoft gun. That, that's that's yeah. also a universe right there. Talk about you an alternative to where the where the animals shoot back. <laughs> the animals call their heads. Yeah. <laughs> they call their heads. <laughs> now we we've talked about what cool things you wish you could do with AMS. Is there any cool AOs that you want but you haven't been able to get yet that you can talk about? Um, Fort Knox. Mm-hmm. That's on my list too. I still want to play there. Uh, we've been pretty fortunate. Uh, most of the stuff we've went after, we were able to get. Um, there, there always has been a couple of them that you want to go to, and that would have like be awesome. You even get to visit, and they're like, 
what do you do again? Yeah, no. Oh, that brings up a good question, actually. So, so when you guys go to these places, do you have like a presentation you have to do, like PowerPoint video type thing? We have of, that. Yeah. Um, luckily, a lot of the places we go to, they don't require it. You know, they kind of understand what airsoft is. And well, especially like if it's a government-owned facility. Yeah. That the government trains there, they know exactly what you're coming in to do. So, okay. Yeah. So the word's kind of spread like this yeah. is a thing. Yeah. Do you know that AO in California? I think it's in California where they have the planes and it's like hostage rescue training site. Mm-hmm. Oh, Lion Claws uses that. It's like an abandoned airfield. Is it a big AO? I've never actually been out there. I think it's just the boneyard. I don't think. Yeah, I think it's just a boneyard of an air, like airfield or like airport. I, don't, I don't know if it's a huge AO or if it's just a place where a small it, group of airsofters have come to just kind of do hostage rescue simulation. I, I look, think that's exactly what Lion Claws does with it because I never see gameplay footage of like force on force outside of we're going to plan and choreograph how to raid a airplane. Like it's the movie SWAT. Yeah. I don't think that would really work well anyway. Right. Like, no, probably not. Yeah. It would get very speed softy very quickly. Just like with mall games, everybody envisions that the mall games are going to be the highest quality milsim room clearing this, that, and the other, but it, there's nothing in there because it's an empty mall. It's just speed softing from one empty store to another. So what would you think about rainbow six casino? That would be dope. That would be awesome. A casino? Mm-hmm. I'm assuming you've played Rainbow Six back in the day. I have, yes. Dude, great game. That but was, like, yeah, Las Vegas. Yeah, Rainbow mm-hmm. Six Vegas and Vegas 2. Love that game. That would be amazing. So here's my, like, the Airsoft player in me says it would be awesome because there'd be craps tables and, and uh, uh, what are they call slot machines. slot machines and like bars and stuff. But in reality, the only way to play inside of a casino, they're going to gut everything out. So it's just going to be one big open room. Well, that's kind of like the mall. Game. All the casinos I went to in, in Vegas essentially are just huge open spaces yeah. so they can fit all the slot machines. So I don't know if, if it, if it still had stuff in there, man, it'd be cool. Man. Yeah. That's, that's what I, I was referring to. Cause we always, yeah. you know, especially back when I was playing all the time, it was like, dude, Go to an old casino where they're gonna mothball the everything in it. Yeah, leave all the machines, all the tables, and it'd be such a cool dynamic too. Because uh, you know the first floor is always like the casino area, and then as you go up, it's hotel rooms. Mm-hmm. So it's That's like so eighties. Well, it's like well, it's, it's still like that in Vegas to this day. Yeah, yeah. it's it's like um, it's like the environment changes for you as a player because you're, you're plus there's out usually this, restaurants. Yeah, and there's usually exactly. outdoor areas for recreation. There's, there's usually a, a gym somewhere in the casino area. There's there's the play style would be so 80s, especially in the casino where like you you have to duck to take. Well, cover, so the other thing too is know? that and you're running, you're flipping tables over. You're like ah. You know? We're all thinking about it as airsofters <laughs> that want the highest milsim experience. So like I hate to reference a video game, but we're thinking about it like we're playing Ready or Not. That would yeah. be dope. It'd be fun. And as an airsofter, I also know it would very quickly devolve into just speed softing around corners because it'd be a big empty CQB area at a building. And that's how ops like that usually end up. And it's if it still had everything in it, it would yeah. be a different dynamic. And also speed softing around corners is is pine corners. That's also Milson, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm more referencing to like the mall because like I've been to three mall games and it always ended with just sprinting around corners and end up getting shot and it kind of sucked well but, gas guns only but then, <laughs> now that that would be interesting that'd be interesting but think about the layout of a mall yeah malls it's are very linear generally linear with stores on each side yeah. casinos are not like casinos are designed to keep you inside that's true right so there, there's some some wacky it, shit going on it could be way more interesting than the mall games then sure and then and then introduce air assets where you're fast roping onto the roof 
So you've got an asset doing a top-down clear while everybody's fighting in the casino, and then some guys make it up the stairs up into the the hotel area. Like, oh man, dude, there's a lot of cool stuff. That could be wacky, but awesome. Yeah, it could be. Could be. Could be. You couldn't fit 500 players in there, but you know, no, do 100 on each team. Yeah, it would be expensive as shit, but it would be so fucking cool. Yeah, you would make you would make a fucking dime on that. (laughs) If event producers just had like really good funds and really good lawyers, like. Anything can be bought out. Like yeah. Hollywood movies rent things out and they destroy it and then build it back up so that mm-hmm. they can film whatever they're filming. You know, in Airsoft is just a theatrical production at the end of the day. So if you had unlimited funds, $100 billion, what AO would you get and what would you do with it? I first would probably, I would get a casino in Vegas. Well, with that type of money, dude, you might as well just rent out the whole strip. I don't know if that's enough. Right. Yeah, you're probably right. That might not be enough, <laughs> yeah. dude. That's like just one of the it's old Vegas. buildings. Yeah, um, a Milsom that takes place on an entire strip in Vegas. Jesus, that's crazy. So, so my my pipe dream. I'll let you answer this in a minute. But the uh, like my hundred billion dollar you know pipe dream is to go to a local town. Right. So we'll just say New Windsor. Right. Go to New Windsor and be like, hey, Friday, Saturday and Sunday, tell everybody they can still live their lives. Just make sure they're wearing eye pro. That's all I got to do. And the ta- and the, the fight happens in the town. You can't go inside anybody's house or any buildings or anything like that. But you can fight through the streets of the town, man, with with local populace and everything. It's freaking awesome. You'd have that to be, be like cool, you'd yeah. have to be the emperor of the town yeah. in order to actually make that <laughs> happen. It, it's a pipe dream, but man, that would that'd be, be so, that, so that cool. Be sick. You're fighting through uh like hedge 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 bushes and you know it it'd be awesome. But <laughs> being someone that's lived in New Windsor my entire life, that would be dope as shit. <laughs> right? Like <laughs> there's so much more room than you think there. You'd have to like take over whole neighborhoods and stuff. Oh, hundred percent. You could have right 2000 players, you know, like, you could have way more than that. You can recruit civilians. Yeah. <laughs> you want to get these people out of your town, huh? Red Dawn right there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You just made Anastasia in real life. <laughs> For real. Right. <laughs> so what and would you, you get the air ass? What would you do? What would you do? I would probably go to brag. So, where's that, Georgia? Mm-hmm. So, do they have like some crazy facility there? Or I've never, I've actually never been to Bragg. Well, it's not uh, called Bragg anymore. Oh, what's it called now? Man, what is it called now? Camp Freedom. Yeah. Jamie, Jamie. Yeah. Oh, is, did it get me tooed with the whole? Yeah. No. Camp. Perfect human being. Mm, yeah. No, they've got some uh, remarkable mountain sites. Yeah. And, you know, that that's where Green Berets and shit train. Right. Okay, so so I I had heard... Special operations. So I had heard, and I'm completely ignorant to this, and it might have been like a History Channel documentary, right? That, And maybe it was SEAL Team 6. I don't remember, but... No, it is. This, it got changed to Fort Liberty. Yeah, Liberty does. Oh, I was really yeah. good. So I heard that there's an island... Like they they created this training area. It's an entire island, and there's like different mount facilities on the island uh, for these like special units to go out there. And it's like there's no prying eyes type thing. Um, that would be, well, that'd be perfect, right? Fast boat in and oh, or man. jump in or oh, helo, man. yeah, mm, yeah. Oh man, submarine, you know. Oh yeah, you could do that with a sealed delivery DSV. vehicle. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, they also do some wild shit out of Bragg because, like, for the Delta dudes, they do Robin Sage every year. Where that well, incorporates the town, though. That incorporates yeah. the town, yeah. but much like you were just talking about with yeah. potentially playing airsoft in an entire town, yeah, they cool. have everyone in the town in on the fact that they're using it as a basically a scenario for Delta dudes because Kyle Lamb from Viking Tactics has a wild story he talked about on a podcast where they ended up going after the wrong dude during this and it like escalated to like county sheriffs being called on them not realizing that it was part of this this training exercise this dude was just going out to get milk that's kind of what it was he like not to steal his story but he was like yeah they told us don't go over like 40 or 50 miles an hour we were doing 60 and they said don't crash anyone that wasn't wearing a helmet and he wasn't but the guy in charge told me run him off the road Oh, God. Yeah, like, he's got a wild story. It was on one of the Black Rifle Coffee podcasts, but they talk about, like, the crazy shit they did in the Fort Bragg area just with the training exercises. Mm -hmm. Their mount town as well as the stuff they do, insane. Dude, living in that town must be like living in a GTA server. Yeah, <laughs> like, there's just shit happening yeah. all over the place. Um, I think uh, Fort, uh, is it? Not Fort Drum. Uh, well, Drum's the one upstate. Yeah, the, the training facility at Fort Knox, supposedly, and this my oh. information's way old. But Zussman, is it Zussman? Yeah, it's Zussman. It's at the time it was like the most technologically advanced uh, mount facility ever, and they did did they do airsoft games there? They did. Line Claws used to do a game there, so they, so they used to switch off with Irene every year. It was at MUTC one year, then Zussman the next year. Yeah, and then um, like they have a water tower there, and it looks like a water tower, and it's painted and everything it looks just like a water tower, but it's actually a control center. And it's got 360 panoramic glass that everybody and all these cameras. So they're like, uh, hey, we need an explosion over here. And they're like, oh, okay, boop. They press a button, boom, explosion. Hey, that car needs to be on fire. Roger that. Press a button, car's on fire. Uh, that would be. Yeah, that'd be. That'd be the one. Yeah. That'd be pretty legit. Would, right? I'm wondering what happened there because that was like MUTC, Zussman, and Drum are like the three places I haven't been to yet that I really want to play Airsoft. And we know what happened with Drum and we know what happened with MUTC. Yeah. But Zussman, like there's no story there. Like nothing was ever explained why all of a sudden they were just like, no, you can't do Airsoft here anymore. Yeah, they lost all the gold and or they moved all the gold from Fort Knox or whatever. But Maybe. All right. But anyway, that's, that's going to wrap it up. From my end, Cody, thanks for coming out. Uh, thanks for spending some time with us. It's been great. Good time. Yeah, enjoyed it. So do you have any parting words? Where can we find you on the in interwebs? Well, I would say I'm on Facebook, but I never look at it. Yeah, me neither. Um, I am on there somewhere. Uh, Instagram is basically where you can find me. That's just Cody.AMS. Cody.AMS over at American Milsim. Uh, don't forget, guys. Uh, well, I guess it's a little late. Eastern Front is this weekend. <laughs> it's yes. tomorrow. Uh, and also uh, Arsenal over at uh, MUTC. Um, do you have any other events coming up after that? So after that, we are going to Northern Front. Then we take our summer break. And then in 90 days from the 5th, we open up tickets for Copperhead already. Where's Copperhead going? Copperhead is Playa New, New Mexico. All right. So with that, guys, God bless. And I'm out.